Hello, and welcome to In the Past, Garage Rock Podcast, the show where we talk about a song for way too long. I'm your host, Weldon Gardner Hunter, and with me as always is my co-host, Eric Big Red Tomato Komernicki. Let's get together and take a toke of that magic smoke. It's nice to be stoned. It's nice to be stoned. <laughs> Whoa, holy, I haven't seen you in a couple of weeks, and it looks like a, a lifestyle change has come over. Um <clears throat> Which this I, I'm is, a this is what about. happens when you go to Florida, <laughs> Weldon. <Yeah. laughs> well, we're going to be, because you're obviously in the summer mood, and that's what we're doing this week. We're doing a summer episode. Now, when we did our summer of 66 episode last year, we published it in July at the very start of summer. This year, summer of 67 is the episode in question, and we're publishing it right at the dog days of summer, the very last, because we want you to think about summer retrospectively, since we're going in the past, as we always do. So what we've done, if you remember our uh, Summer of 66 episode, we just took four songs about summer from the peak garage rock year of 1966. This episode, it's pretty much the same thing. Songs about summer, but from the year 67. They're not necessarily released in summer, but the songs are about summer. So, and it's from 67, so we're going to probably have a bit of a discussion of whether or not we can detect any unusual new sounds creeping into the summer songs and i'm sure we will have a conversation about that but let's just get started on the first one the first one is come on summer's happening by the hot dog stand everybody's been waiting to get back into the summertime groove and don't you know it all across the nation, girls and guys are just beginning to move. And don't you know it? So come on with me, baby, and you will find a way to make things happen that'll blow your mind. Come with me, come on, I'm on the summer's happening. Together we'll do everything. Come on, the summer's happening. Try and see what I mean.
Ooh, it's fading out. But I'm still talking, just like a radio show. This That was the hot dog stand from summer. Well, it was from 1967. The song is called Come On, Summer's Happening. I have absolutely no information on this band. But I'm wondering if Eric does. So I'm going to throw to you right away. Well, I'll say this. I just know this blurb. I don't know why I didn't actually do more. Because I did do reading about the other bands on the show today. And Hot Dog Stand, I guess because they're called the Hot Dog Stand in the nature of this song. Uh, but the blurb in the little write-up said that they're like a bunch of studio guys that mm-hmm. were just directed to do the song. And and the song is such cotton candy that it kind of makes sense. Like no, no like band or singer songwriter <laughs> would put this to wax as awesome as it is, right? Like it is a really well-performed and great sounding tune. I mean, mm-hmm. clearly, clearly. Uh, mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, you just can't see, I don't know, like the who doing this or something except in jest. Yeah. This song right away, has such a commercial jingle sound to it that it doesn't even sound like a song it sounds like it's an advertisement but but apparently it's a song so yeah not even it's not even um it doesn't even rise up to be like tv theme level it's just (laughs) jingle it never raises above jingle it sounds like one of those garage songs that you hear from small where they get like shadows of night to do like potato chip or something but but even much more like ad like than that yeah, you think this would go with like, you know, a, a soft drink and that this is just a song because that brings us to a first topic of something about summer because we're talking about summer songs is that summer would be used to advertise something a season because it's the season where you go out to the beach and the season where you go out and have barbecues and it's it's going to be the season where you would fit into advertisements. You're never going to have a, a Coke ad. I guess they used to they had those Christmas time Coke ads back in the 80s. Uh, but maybe that was like the most radical thing you could have done in advertising because before then, all you ever think about when a, when you think of advertising things like soft drinks is a, a song like this goes so well with it, even though there's not really any direct connection except for I guess you drink Sprite out in the you know on the beach while they're and you know the band's called the Hot Dog Stand too, which also makes you think a little bit about summer too. Not that you can't eat hot dogs any other time of the year, so somehow the song is weirdly linked to a kind of crass commercialism but what if these guys were like no we just wrote a song we really like summer man you guys are getting it all wrong we're just celebrating summer and you guys think it's some sort of like commercial jingle it's not let's point out too that because last as you mentioned earlier last summer we did summer of 66 and this we're doing summer of 67 no new information here but uh Mm -hmm. so we want to draw some lines between some of the transitions we see happening here like how these things are symptomatic of changes in music and this one, it's this one would have seemed even too happy to be in summer of '66, mm-hmm. where things were rocking. This one, so it's really hard to sort of picture where this fits in with other music in '67. But I think what today's choices um, that are actually no, I had some part in choosing these that Weldon, the director of programming, and I uh, pick these choices for today. You show. actually picked all of these songs. You picked all of them, and well, you found, found all them, of them, guess, yeah. and then and then we picked out of a, quite a large list. Yeah. of songs we went through these are the four we picked because we did four for summer 66 we figure let's keep it going with four we don't want to just do three you know because it's the end of summer you want a little extra you want an extra hot dog an extra sprite at the hot dog stand yeah if you're walking someplace you got your headphones on you need some uh some scintillating conversation not that you're having that we're having <laughs> you need to listen yeah, yeah, to some yeah. scintillating conversation that we have and yeah. uh, and you want it to be long because you're you're walking a long ways and it's hot out. Yeah, you want a podcast, the podcast stand. 
is the, what you uh, want. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I like the hot dog, hot pod connection <laughs> there. Nice. Uh, so, so these guys, yeah, this is just so, f- so fluffy and such a jingle. I wonder what they like. Is this a song that they did put together for a jingle, and then that didn't like happen, and then they released it as a single? Hey, single and jingle sound very similar. Yeah, I mean, there must be a textbook. Textbooks. Well, okay, so, so we're we're already asking. So there's a question coming up. What's the purpose of the song? Because it sounds so manufactured. Then what was the purpose of it? Like, who are the people manufacturing the hot dog stand? Because this is not a band that just got together and went, hey, we all just decided we want to play music that sounds exactly like Because no band has ever gotten together to just make music that sounds like this without some sort of impresario behind them. And uh, the fact of the matter is they must have somehow had some sort of purpose. Like, let's get... Let's get something going on for some sort of commercial enterprise. Like this almost sounds like something they might have made for like a local radio yeah. market or something like that. But it, we, I guess it just we looked online. I did look up a little bit of information. And I found nothing. I didn't look that hard. So uh, there might be more information out there that I just didn't. And I know that sometimes when I think I don't have any information, Eric finds stuff that I don't find because you're a little bit more of the the researcher out of the two, and we're both pretty research heavy, but. Um, your training has led you to dark paths that I can't find on the internet, the dark web where you find out stuff (laughs) like the hot dog stand and where, why they existed. It'd be great if that's the kind of stuff you found on the dark web. (laughs) I have no idea how to access the dark web. At least that's what I want to tell the public wink, wink. Uh, (laughs) but, but this is totally the kind of stuff you're like, man, I need information from, or there should be someone we can call like a source and we meet them in a back alley and they're like, (laughs) okay, I've got some information about the hot dog stand. And then we like, uh, and then we pull their mask off, and it's the gruesomes or something. Oh, even better! Uh, you pull the mask off, and it's Jim Morrison. Because I see here that the <laughs> the song the song is written by someone named R. Morrison, and I'm thinking, what if Jim Morrison was like, "Look, I've been I've been going down those dark alleys of the mind. It's time to write a song that expunges all the the bad vibes. I'll do it under the name R. Morrison, and here is what you get. It's the total flip side. And actually, it isn't to say in 1967, of course, it's the summer of love. Uh, we're not at all taking that. Uh, it's interesting. I don't. I didn't think about it at all until now. Well, yeah, summer 67 was supposed to be the summer of love. We're not most likely going to go into any kind of detail about that. We're not going to talk about San Francisco. We certainly didn't pick that. If you're going to San Francisco. My mom's favorite song, by the way. Really? Uh, huh. Yeah, I am. My mom loves that song, um, which isn't really about summer, but it you know came out of the summer of love. We're thinking that this is there was a lot of as we're going to even see from the next song. Surprisingly, there's a, there's stuff going on in '67 that is you know political turmoil. But this song, you wouldn't have any idea that there's anything going on in the world other that, than good that's, vibes. That's why I think that that today's selections, especially because of the next selection, reflect a bit of a, a disconnect between. Uh, you know, different different singers, different groups. Uh, but maybe what we can really safely assume here is that because, you know, Prince would write tons of songs and he'd give some away like he gave Manic Monday to the Bangles and they had a big hit with that. So I think mm-hmm. it's safe to assume that this song was written by Bob Dylan and <laughs> and that he just was like, I don't know if this fits my image. And he gave this to the hot dog stand, which is just to some guys. And they recorded it. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I. I don't. That's such an unbelievably peppy song. Um, <laughs> it's unbelievably peppy. Yeah. It's so. It starts with that great, uh, like l- that great drum beat. Actually, let's just play it because it is yeah. so distinctive. Uh, and and what listeners should listen for here, if they didn't catch it the first time, is that there's 
quite possibly a little uh, playing glitch here, mm-hmm. where where the drummer who's who's a hot shit drummer for sure, uh, mm-hmm. does, just does a, like a little bit of a skip there in in the beat. So let's hear just this intro. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That's actually such a good intro that it's surprising that the song then you could hear that intro and it could be like a post-punk song almost. Yes. Yeah, it <laughs> is a it is a really great intro. It gets you really ready for the rest of the song. And then I think where the song maybe are arguably because I really like it, but it mm. maybe gets a little off track in terms of being the the kind of like non-ironic liked song is the the group well the lyrics of course but the group vocals because yeah. there is some great vocal stuff because i don't want to talk about it till we get more there but like that bah, bah, yeah. bah, bah, that that's yeah really awesome so then we get into this part where they get to a, a d it's in the key of d and then it goes to a b like that's pretty rocking yeah that sounds yeah. really rocking on an acoustic guitar i was gonna say to me the drums are kind of surfy they're a very wipeout sound yes <laughs> yes Totally. So it's that, California. That's the right away. You're thinking California. That's yeah. a California sound. Summer, of course, yeah. makes you think of the, the California sound. But here you go. Right. So they've they've really kind of they're kind of ready to paint this picture here of the drums come in. It's that surfing surfing stomp, as like Dick Dale would call it, right? And you can mm-hmm. imagine the hot dog stand there, the gulls in the air, make the gulls sound, and and yeah. then the waves crashing, the 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 girls in in their uh, bikinis. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think maybe they wore that in '67. And then you got this, and then everybody's been waiting to get back into the summertime groove. Don't you know it. <laughs> yeah, so so let's get let's talk about these lyrics because they, they got to be broken down. The, the okay, I I didn't write them down because I, oh, I spent, did. Okay, good. So let's uh, let I'll have you uh, intone them. Yeah. So we've got uh, again. It's that everybody's been awaiting to get back into the summertime groove, and don't you know it? So uh, that's this is it. I guess you're you get close to summer and you're like. You're the kind of young person who looks forward to summer and the kind of events that take place. Then you want to get into the summertime groove. Already, we're using language here that's probably getting outdated. Basically, a lot of stuff here is things that is on the verge of getting outdated as music switches over to music with with more depth. Although, but what bubblegum is probably around at this time, right? Yeah, this I, that's the other thing about the song is that especially with the well, we'll talk about the vocals later. The, the bubblegummy sound. Yeah. Uh and remember bubblegum rocked pretty hard to, at times. It had a lot of Louie Louie in it. So so there's definitely a rock and uh, DNA to this song. It, as we're going to say it's the vocals that turn it into something a little bit more mellow possibly, but yeah. Uh but musically this is, is it that bass. To- that thumping thumping bass. Yeah. And and the yeah. guitar is yeah. really flashy in this song. It's like really good guitar playing. Every, everyone everyone playing is great. And the but the vocals, because it's this group vocal and it's uh, guys and girls, it kind of gives it this like partridge family <laughs> kind of <laughs> sound to it that that uh just is not maybe not that cool um but they're so excited they're so excited about summer how can you blame them so the next line is all all across the nation girls and guys are just beginning to move and don't you know it so i like that chord combo because they do like a d to a b minor 
bit, so it gets like that. How do you describe this kind of music? Is well, this is derived from doo-wop, right? Because it's got these happy minor chords. I suppose. Uh, well, it's, one thing is not yeah. derived from blues, but because I also see that it's not really like doo-wop. But then, where does it emerge from? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, other than the surfy kind of sound you've got there, with the guitar, um, the guitar's kind of buried, right? But you still hear it's really that lots of fast. Uh, yeah, yeah, that. Jittery thing going on. Yeah, that's yeah. almost funky. I I hate yes. to say it. But, no, you're right. But it's a, the guitar's funky, whereas the the vocals are not. Yeah, right? it's like I can't even do. It. I don't even think I could play guitar like that. But yeah, there's just very fast rhythms that give it that funky feel, and it's yeah. already a fast song. And the guitar like comes in like at twice the speed, hitting the the off beats. I'm already thinking that the band is like one of those cartoon. Like when you know when you're a kid. I don't know if you were like this, but I used to read a lot of Archie comics, and you'd always read Archie comics in those annuals or those. Uh, they were always kind of like anthologies, right? Double Digest too. Double Digest, exactly. And so you would have like a, a one, uh, one. What were the they called? Like there would be a, like a bunch of comics, all different ones within. They were all Archie ones. Maybe remember Double Digest? You get a whole bunch that were pro probably just compiled from previous comics that were all Jughead or yeah. all about Archie or all about yeah. Daddy or even Hot Dog, the dog. But yeah. <laughs> um, they'd often have like you know when you think of like when they would have a band playing. And because if around 67, because you'd always have ones from the 60s, ones from the 80s. Sometimes you'd have ones from the 40s where Archie is like wearing the letter sweater and stuff like that. But if you saw a 67 one, you'd probably have a band that was a little bit more racially integrated because, you know, there was a kind people sometimes get mad about wokeness. And you're like, I, there's lots of periods where, uh, at least in pop culture, people have started, hey, we need to represent more demographics of the you know more people need to be represented that we haven't previously represented i'm just thinking that there'd be a in this cartoon archie style band there'd be like one black guy in the band mm -hmm. and maybe he's the guitarist right and then you'd have someone playing bongos even though there's not actually any bongos in this song and you'd have a totally integrated boy girl kind of band too you'd have art uh betty's and veronica's along with the archies i'm going a little bit off track here but i'm imagining this band is like totally a cartoon band and not a real bunch of human beings playing it so i like that image but yeah you it, there's there's a weird mix of genres here there's a bit of surf there's a bit of funk as you notice some sort of doo-wop do it kind of rocks but you said there's no blues at all in the song you're right and you're right about that funky guitar it it, it even kind of hints at what a horn part would be in the song like a diddle it like that would come mm -hmm. in between like dink a diddle it that could come in between the lines you know oh, begin yeah. into groove that's how like, that's, some horns might come in here that's a summer of 67 thing there horns because we're going to hear some horns in at least one of the songs yeah but all the songs could have had them whereas in 66 there's definitely horns going on in rock and roll but there's way more horns going on in 67 you're getting this blood sweat and tears kind of thing going on by 67 yeah yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Start, you're starting to emerge even in the sound even if it's not there the, we can hear it the summer of love they're horny <laughs> nothing else you can say <laughs> so the the girls and guys are just beginning to move so i guess the implication is that they're not really moving until uh, i i but you gotta love how well they rhyme groove with move here and then they say and just say and don't you know it between <laughs> well you know the other thing is it's got a little bit of a flavor of 67 being the year where the youth are starting to like because the 68 yeah, year where yeah, there's yeah, massive yeah. actually there's all well we're going to talk about it i'm sure i have a feeling you've already found some of the same information as me as the second song but there's a lot of political stuff happening so just in the mildest way even that reference to the kids are move or whatever exactly they say is 
it, it's not just them going to the beach. There's the feeling of the kids are out and they're ready to fight for it, what's right. You know, it, it's like this is the time of year that belongs to us, and we're we, yes. we culturally start to dominate. This is this is our time. I have that in my notes. Is like this song. There's this song is we shouldn't even be allowed to listen to it at the age of you know in our 40s and 50s. And if you were around in 1967. It, it would almost be like somehow this song would be only secretly for the young people at some sort of frequency that older people couldn't hear. If you're over 30 years old, there's no way this song has anything to do with you. It's not pitched to you at all. You know what? That's why when we get to the solo section, with it, which is that organ solo, that mm-hmm. underneath it, there's like an unhearable guitar solo. I think of that as like invisible ink. That's yeah. probably, probably the teens can hear that guitar solo perfectly. <laughs> and us old people are just hearing the the, the organ. That's a good thing because this week's intern, Badminton, uh, he actually was he was grooving along to that guitar solo. But I, I was like, what is he doing? He's doing air guitar and like. Kids in 2022 who are like 16 years old, they don't even listen. They don't even know what a guitar is, but instinctively he started doing it. So he must've heard some frequency badminton, by the way, that, yeah, that's his name. So, um, uh, so yeah, I think you're right. You're right on the money there. We're already cracking the codes. We're already writing stuff for the textbooks. It's been a while since we've met up by the way, like we have been producing episodes, right. But we have, I think it's been a couple of weeks since we actually recorded one. So we're, we're in the summertime groove for sure. One thing that they love saying in this song is come on. You're going to hear them say come on a lot. Um, And after that first verse, after the second and don't you know it, they go, so come on with you, baby. That can't be right. Must be so come on with me, baby, and you will find a way to make things happen that will blow your mind. So here an implication that there is something significant happening here. And then come on, come on with me, come on, come on, come on with me, come on, is the way they say it like a... Come on, come on with me, come on. And then they go into this great chorus because at the beginning of the song, I think they do it too, when they do this uh, chord progression, which is a D to an F to a G. And um, that's really, that's why I think it's effective the way they've written it because it's got that really dorky verse, the But it's been a win to get back into the summertime room. But that makes it sound all the cooler when you get to the verse, all the cooler. When you get to the verse and you do that, come on, the summer's happening. Still dorky, but you know, it's got a, it's rocking, right? It gets rocking at that point. Can we talk about what is that? Because yeah. I, I thought it's, it sounds like a distorted banjo to me, but you made it sound like it's just a vocal effect. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I thought it was a vocalist with a super high voice. The guy probably who's oh. doing the, that thing at the end. So a combination of a guitar going, I, I didn't work. A, <laughs> I didn't <write> <laughs> this is like going do, 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 doing those notes. So like a combination of a guitar hitting those notes and a vocalist doing it. Ba, 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 ba. Uh, OK, because I have that as a royalette. Uh, I, oh, oh, my God. Of course. I thought it was just assumed it's a royalette. No, no, that's yeah. good. It's very good to point that out. I think it might even be a wignature because if you do this song, I think you have to do that. If you took that out, you'd be, you know, missing out on probably the best part of the song is that. And I can't do it. I can't get to those notes. Those are hard. Uh, I'd have to practice. It's like you were having trouble. That is a hard sequence of notes to hit. Oh, my God. That's a, there's I think, so- I think it's a, another secret message for the teens because I noticed here all of a sudden badminton seems to be going into some it's like he's getting rifles out or something. I think it's a call for revolution. 
I I think we should he probably make sure we don't play it again. He does not like us talking about. <laughs> the bah, 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 bah. Well, yeah, especially when you hit it right, because it just means more revolutionaries are it, are created. I think there's a secret code in the song. There's a literal secret sequence of notes that only teens can hear, and it's actually inciting them to revolution in the guise of a innocuous summer song. I think we're cracking a real code here. We better watch it. Maybe someone's not singing because the notes are so far apart. It's like, how the hell do you even sing that? Bah, 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 bah. That's it's totally insane. It's almost like jazz or something. Like It's like 60. I was just watching something on on YouTube recently. I was watching the jazz, free jazz guy, Milford Groves, playing a, a show in, I don't know, somewhere in Denmark or something. It's like a bunch of free jazz guys from America playing in Scandinavia. And they're playing music that's like, <laughs> you know, like free jazz. Wah, woo, woo. And they're making sounds. <laughs> And it's just totally, you're like, I like it, but it's also hilarious, but it's also kind of cool, but it's also bad, but it's also great. And the <laughs> thing is, is that that's, they have sometimes the vocalist in a, free, if they have a free jazz vocalist, they, they might be making sounds like it's our first reference to free jazz, I think on a garage rock, our garage rock podcast. So I don't think we have a lot of people that probably, there's not a lot of intersection. Although the MC5 are always big fans of uh, free jazz and Albert Ayler and people like that. I wonder if there's really some sort of secret sort of avant-garde jazz thing going on with that part of the song. That's a weird part of the song, which you could almost just pass over, but it's super odd. I thought it was a banjo. It should say this on the sign for the hot dog stand. It should say, hot dogs, $1, free jazz. (laughs) Nice. Thanks. Nice. We, we discovered the, the free jazz bubblegum connection. Finally. <laughs> it was out okay. there all along. Because hey, people need to hear this to understand, to, to like totally get it, just in case they've forgotten the insanity. Yeah, yeah, we should Let ahead. me play the, the bit again. Like, it sounds like just an insanely compressed high gu- electric guitar to me with just a, this crazy whoever's hitting those very, very high notes. It sounds like there's a filter, though, is like in that blah part. The blah, 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 blah. It's got some sort of like uh You're right. Like, a, like, a, on it. like when you have a trumpet, when someone used the Harmon mute on a trumpet, yeah, like the yeah. plunger, plungery that- thing. That is really weird. I didn't think that much about that part, although every time I've listened to the song, I've really been listening for that moment. But the more we get into it, because I, I assumed it would be definitely a moment where I just, I'll just ask Eric what it is and he'll know what it is. But my notes say distorted banjo, because that's what it <laughs> sounds like to me. It sounds like a, an acid rock 67 banjo. So in a way, this song is very 67. It's definitely doing stuff probably wasn't going to happen at 66. There's a there's weird psychedelic, if you want to call it that, stuff going on in this song even if you could tell that in 67 a lot of people were probably throwing psychedelic s- sounding stuff into songs for sure but it, it's kind of a, a wild little royal at there i like it and then there's this feel during the chorus when they're uh, imploring when they're saying uh, come on the summer's happening you could just imagine like a stampede of youth toward mm-hmm. the beach right like hey let's all go it's happening right now uh, and then together we'll do everything, which could imply all sorts of things. And when they get to the try it and see what I mean, I always kind of also hear uh, the song we did very, very recently, Clefts of Lavender Heel Catcher. Yeah. It was yeah. from um, uh, Stop, Stop, Get a Ticket. But yeah, they yeah. Try, try it. And tr- now I can't remember how because I just sang. Uh, try it and see what oh, I yeah, yeah. It's yeah. got that real like total sunshine pop harmonizing going on there it's really quite 
uh, super commercial sounding. It always makes me think of, do you remember the W, did you ever watch WKRP in Cincinnati? It was formative oh, yeah, yeah. for me. Yeah, yeah, uh, totally. Absolutely formative. Because I'm actually named after Weldon Blyler, who was the, uh, <laughs> it's a long story. He's a bit accurate. It's in one of the episodes of WKRP. But the point of this story is, um, there's that uh, jingle that they do for the, uh, originally they're doing it for the uh, funeral home and the people doing the jingle art because they want to save money. They get, it's Bailey, Jennifer, and Les Nessman who are the ones doing it. And the song is like this, it's that kind of thing. It's just, uh, I can't remember now the song because I'm thinking of this song, but everyone that doesn't know WKRP knows that song. It's like, it's a, it's a happy upbeat jingle about a funeral home. And it's one of the, I would say greatest moments of, Late 1970s TV, or let's just say TV of all time. Should it's we play great. it? It just has uh, the the try and see what I mean. Yeah, go for it. No, yeah, yeah. Okay. Wait, no, no. I meant should we play the WKRP song? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Yeah, okay, hold on. It. Yeah, yeah, I'll pause for one second and then we'll we'll play it for the listeners. Fairman Funerals take four. Fairman Memorial Park offers you and your loved ones complete funeral services at a reasonable price. How's that? Perfect. <laughs> Tape's still rolling. Everybody ready? Yeah. <clears throat> One, two, three, four. Hey, you're young and swinging. No time to think about tomorrow. But there ain't no way to deny it. Someday you're gonna buy it. Six convenient locations, plus for group rates and free parking. It's all yours at Fairman Funeral. I like that we kept in, uh, we picked the video with all the, um, the, laugh track and the clapping and the applause it just reminds me of what tv used to be like it doesn't sound quite exactly as much uh as the sunshine pop here but that's what jingles sounded like for a long period 60s 70s 80s probably even in the 90s as far as i know because i don't listen to radio anymore maybe jingles still sound like that they don't really on tv anymore but that's that impossibly peppy sound Radio ads haven't changed that much. They haven't changed as much as like TV ads have. You listen to the radio and they're like a, a type of ad that is out of time. Yeah, it's almost like it, it, that sound was created in this time period, the 60s, the late 60s. But I also, one thing I never realized is the, the how clever his name is Ferryman. It's like the, I never Don't thought of it. Don't pay then, the ferryman. Yeah, 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 exactly. The ferryman who takes you from the river sticks, you know, into the world of, yeah. you know. Underworld. So I wouldn't have noticed that one as a kid, which is when I was watching WKRP. But I, the lyrics of that are so great too. Anyways, but back to the hot dog stand. It's just that total peppy vibe. But we're interpreting the song now as having really secret messages, which is classic for us. But I think this, this time, we're worth. Uh, it's worth a look now. Should we talk a little bit about the solo? Because there's something. If we should get to it, I have it at one. Th- well, we did, oh. we haven't been through. Let's just quickly go through the second verse. I don't think oh, we okay. spend a lot of time in it. So, because okay. I think it's the the that yeah, it happens after that later. Okay, so next verse is nothing can be groovier. They like they like yeah. the groovy things than spending every day in the sun. And don't you no. know it? 
So come on with, it. yeah, it isn't good. <laughs> so come on with me, baby, and I show you all the ways to have fun. And don't you know it? So when the summer's day turns into night, the beat goes on and everything's all right. So that's a nice little moment where the sun goes down and this is when they're really active. And then another, come on, come on, come Come on, come go with me, come on. And then same course, come on, the summer's happening. Ba, 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 ba. Together we'll do everything. Ba, 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 ba. Come on, the summer's <laughs> happening. Try it and see what I mean. And then here we get the na, na, na. Look at, let's play that's, that, yeah, that That's solo. the part, yeah. One minute, 32 seconds, according to my uh, timestamp. Because it's the organ plus those na, na, na's. We're going to have to talk about them. And, They're really unusual, I think. And then the secret guitar solo in the background, too. Yes. That, yes. I wonder if the guitarist was like, he's doing all this amazing stuff. And instead, they go with like, that organ stuff. Let's hear That corny organ sound. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's really a distinctive part of the song. That's where I think that's where I was really sold on the song. Like I was like, this seems pretty great. But then when you get to that, to the na 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 na, and just the way they say it, the na 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 na, it's so weird. And the organ sound is weird. It reminds me of the sound in that. Um, I think it's a Frank Guida, Gary U.S. Bond song that we did. The azaleas, yeah. Or or it sounds a little bit like Sugar Shack too. Yeah, yeah. A little bit, a bit like Sugar Shack, a bit like Hands Off by the azaleas. Uh, just a weird organ stop that's being used. But what for me is really odd is uh, for those no no nos is normally music would be like na 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 na, but they go na na na, and which makes it sound so weird and so yeah. I don't know what the word is, but it makes it sound almost like Jerry Lee Lewis. Or not Jerry, sorry, not Jerry Lee Lewis. Jerry Lewis, ladies, na 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 na. <laughs> it's so weirdly like nerdy or something. Na 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 na. It's 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 almost childish because that's what you do when you're a kid. Na 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 na. Yeah. Maybe a bit like that, but there's just something about the choice to not go the more obvious rock route of na 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 na. Well, I guess that doesn't really sound right now that I think about it. Maybe they knew it's like no, it wasn't a na na na. You know, na 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 na, or na 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 na. Hey, hey. they go na 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 na. It's so bizarre. So that you're right. That's the part where it's like, okay, we'll have a lot to talk about in this song. Just we, it took us a lot while to even get to it. And now that we've gone to it, we're like that's weird. That's super weird. And then, so that's a very distinct feature. That is another, I would call that another wignature of the song. Because, again, there's two things that if we went to a bar and the mm-hmm. band started playing Come On, Summer's Happening by the Hot Dog Stand, they look out. Obviously, they would know that we're the two guys from In the Past Garage Rock Podcast. Everyone knows, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because we get recognized all the time. And they would our start playing the Our entourage would, you know, and our, our bodyguards, et cetera, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like uh, what's-his-name would be there, our, our intern today? Uh, badminton. Badminton. Badminton would be there. Uh, and, and, uh, so we'd be there and they would be looking out. They'd be like, we're playing, come on, summer's happening by the hot dog stand. They think we're going to freak out. We're going to hit the dance floor. They could be right. But then if they get to the chorus and they don't go, bah, 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 we'd probably <laughs> throw a glass at them or something. It could get violent. Yeah. And, and then if they did the solo and they didn't go, na, 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 in just the right way, I think we mm-hmm. would also probably do something a little bit, uh, you know, until we'd at the very least, you'd see us walk out. And then, of course, yeah. that would mean that everyone else in the club would walk out too, because they, they know then it's like, oh, just didn't cut the mustard. Right. We are what the world calls influencers. 
the hot dog stand didn't cut the mustard. That's a good reference. Oh, <laughs> but they do cut the mustard. Well, they do, yeah. Because but they this do this right performance, thing. yeah, they, the performance we're talking about, they didn't. Now, because yeah. I because we've got a, f- a few other songs to do today. Yeah, I wonder if we should jump forward to the to the high voice stuff at the very yes. end of the song. Yes. I think that's the next like most important part of the song. So, did did you write down the timestamp for? Oh, oh, I didn't, but it's probably. Let's just I play think it. Right. Let's just play like around there, so we can yeah. hear it. That cool? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird, it, but it, it does. It fits well with what the, when when we think of that. What I thought was a distorted banjo sound. Again, another, I have it down as wordless and I have soul, but I have it in quotes, wordless soul soprano singing at end. Um, There's something just so strange about that element in this song. I mean, she's, if it's a she, I assume it is really high. That's a really high, like, I don't know if it's soprano or not, but that's the word I have written down. Funny, I was imagining it was a guy doing a soprano. I don't know why. I just was imagining like a like a new beats kind of bread and butter yeah. sort of thing happening. It could be. It could. Yeah, that's true. It could be either a dude who can just hit that that high high quality. But uh, yeah, it's it's so odd on the outro. But it makes the song really oh, yeah. just stand out. So it's definitely another royalette in the song. So yeah. actually, I like the song. I, I I think the first few times I listened to it, I was a little bit. I would write it off a bit just because of the uh, possible the, the vocals, the group vocals and that kind of standard peppy commercial sound, but they've thrown enough weird stuff in there. Like, first mm-hmm. of all, the kind of rock and intro, the fact that the guitar is pretty funky. We've got the, the weird vocal effects in the middle or at least uh, throughout the song. And then we've got that. We've got those. No, no, no. There's a lot going on in this song. It's a quite a weird song. I think there's enough to suggest that the the artists who were creating this song were conscious of the kind of um you know maybe it was a little bit tongue in cheek with the way the vocals were done and everything where they were doing something they they knew what they were doing a little bit more than it sounds like when you look back at this in 2022 looking back at a record from 1967. I love the idea of Brian Wilson hearing this song and going, "Oh man, now I have to reach the heights of the hot dog stand. <laughs> they beat me at my own game. I haven't had any of those sounds in my life. Sure, I have a uh, what was it a, in uh, a theremin in Good Vibrations, which I think is is that sixty six or sixty seven? I actually think it's sixty six. He's like, um, now I need a psychedelic banjo or whatever. whatever you <laughs> yeah, exactly. Psychedelic banjo and a free jazz soprano singer. I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I am behind the times. Things were moving fast in nineteen sixty seven in that time period. So, a great song. So, should we move on to the next one? And we're gonna have a lot to say about this one. We have yeah. a lot to say about everyone. So, yeah, let's yeah, move absolutely. to the next song. Then uh, the next song is called. Long Cool Summer, and it's by the LPTs. <laughs> you keep saying it's gonna be a long hot summer for you and me. Well, now what you say could very well be, but a long hot summer just ain't my cup of tea. I won't watch unless the deal is right Cause I don't want to start no stupid fight Rocks and bottles, fires at night I can't buy, it just ain't right It's gonna be a long, cool summer for me It's gonna be a long, cool summer for me It's gonna be a long, cool summer for me Hey, hey, I got some ideas of my own, you see 
fool But I wanna thank you I got a new room Me and my kids Are both going to school If they don't get it I'll buy me some tubes Get a job And work like a fool It's gonna be a long Cool summer for me It's gonna be a long Cool summer for me It's gonna be a long Breaking a rule If you're gonna demonstrate Why don't you do it right No need to be marching Late at night Now if you got an act And it's uptight Believe me baby You can do it with life I think you should Fight for your rights But if you use the wrong tools You might lose the fight It's gonna be long Cool Summer for me It's gonna be long Cool Summer for me, it's gonna be long. Cool summer for me, hey, I got some ideas of my own, you see. Let you and me build a factory, then we will all have a job, you see. That's a sure way to quality. LPTs from 1967, Long Cool Summer. I, I want to come out and say that um, I'll let you talk yep. about the band. Okay. But I think that lyrically, especially when you take historical context into account and stuff, I think this is going to be one lyrically one of the more interesting songs that we've talked about on this podcast. And I wouldn't have agreed with you until I actually started doing some research on the. I was like, so my experience with the song, I'll talk a little bit about I, the band. In a I, sec, but <laughs> yeah, I had some idea that that some of the stuff was going on, but I, I also thought it was just about not liking a long hot summer. I think because I don't That's like exactly so much. when I first heard the song, I said, "Oh, cool, it's a song about like not liking hot summers." And then I was like, "Well, there's something weird about the lyrics." And every the the, the way the the layers of the meanings of the song actually unfolded to me. I was like, "This song's just getting weirder and weirder." Mm. I have in my notes, first of all, like before I kind of did more research, I have it's odd lyrics. Staying in school. Is it advocating summer school? Is it about civil rights, which it is, yeah. adult education, black-owned businesses? Like, I was like, the more I listened to it, I was like, what is he talking about in a song about summer? So, first of all, the LPTs are the house band for the La Beat record label out of uh, Detroit. 1965 to 1972, there was a label owned by a man named Lou Beatty, and I'm assuming La Beat must come from his name. Uh, Lou Beat, Lou Beatty, La Beat. And the LPTs means La Beat Production Team. So the L, the P, and the T together. Now, I don't have the names, but you can look online and find there was a kind of a revolving door of people. Now, it's pretty clear it's a pretty shit hot band. Yeah, uh, that plays. Yeah, very good. And the I, B side of this song is really good too. It's called Mo Soul, and it's so good. Apparently, um, these guys lived across the street from here getting this yet, but in a motel. Did you read that? That, that, yeah, I read. Yeah, yeah. There's all kinds of weird stories about uh, uh, Lou Beatty. Uh, or sorry, I, I didn't say that they lived across the street in Lou Beatty's motel. I think I meant to say, or yeah. Or, well, I mean, he 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 must have been taking a little bit of the Motown uh, record because apparently when when he started up, the story is that Barry Gordy threatened him. And I think I may have even read somewhere, or at least it was a, a source where I couldn't actually access it, but I only got like snippet view on. 
Google Books. I couldn't read the thing. It almost sounds like there was some subterfuge in that Motown may have actually bugged Lou Beattie's house, but I don't know if that's true. So I should watch it because Motown still exists, I think, and they might send their lawyers out after me. So I'm not saying that's true. I'm just saying I may have read that. But hey, there's a lot of conspiracy theories in this one. Not conspiracy theory, but like lots of weird stuff going on. Now, Lou Beattie was a guy who um, uh, was involved in like, first of all, he was an entrepreneur. So he was uh, in the construction business, but he was really interested in music. When he got interested in music, he he bought uh, a bunch of houses. That's the thing I was going to say of sort of the the Motown thing is to buy almost a block of houses because Motown was based out of just a series of houses on a residential city block. And it sounds like the same thing. And I guess it was on a street which had busy traffic. So his studio wasn't so great. So he ended up having, I think this song was recorded in Chicago apparently because the Lawbeat studio wasn't so uh, airtight or soundproof. But I also read that they used a studio in Chicago that was able to remove the traffic sounds from a lot of the recordings. Oh, okay. Well, okay. So yeah, you read some stuff, or, or at least you read more than I did out of the sources. Yeah. Because, and if I if I interpreted that correctly, because I guess what you would do, I don't really know how even some of the stuff in 67 would have worked, but you would cut certain frequencies from a recording, right? Like you would find the exact frequency that those sounds were at, and you would cut that frequency. I think that's how they do it. They should have kept them in because the song Summer in the City by um, The Love and Spoonful is about a, a hot summer and it's got traffic sounds in it. Right. So I don't know why they didn't bother. Um, so Beattie, Lou Beattie gets involved with a community project to encourage kids to go to school. And this is when I kind of caught into the fact that some of the lyrics here are behind this. He championed the cause by forming a label called Cool School. And then when the La Beat artists went on tour, they'd go on tour in this converted school bus a yellow school bus with cool school painted on it there's nothing more 60s or even partridge family than that and apparently there's a story of how they almost like all died on some like you know mountain road in west virginia because oh, wow. the brakes failed or something um so they're just imagining like uh, a group of people in a big converted school bus going around the united states playing this kind of music now i guess we can get to the what we think the meaning of the song is as we go through the lyrics. So maybe we could talk a little bit about that and how the song is not, it can be, I guess, if you just want to not pay attention to the lyrics, it could just be about, Hey, I'm going to have a long, cool summer. I'm not going to do all the cliched summer things like going to the beach. I'm going to stay home and, uh, and go to work and maybe go to do some summer school, but that's not exactly what's happening in this song. So let's maybe start by talking about, well, let's talk about the intro of the song and then go through the lyrics. So I'll throw it to you here. If you want to talk about the opening of the song. Yeah, so it has a great sounding opening. Probably we'll just play it again in a second here, but it's um, yeah. the whole song sounds great. It has that Detroit sound that you would kind of associate with these uh, uh, other labels that that have probably uh, sound wise much more lauded studios. But the, it, it this incredible drum sound start yeah. things out with the snare, especially doing a roll in the snare. And this is one of those songs where everything I don't know, like everything sounds compressed and maybe like maxed sound wise, like they're really hitting the the top of where the level should be and they're getting whether it's natural compression or whether they're adding compressors i i don't know that much about how they were doing stuff at this time but um it, so the, the drums come in and then you have a bass line come in and then right after the bass line you have these guitar chops which are and all these instruments go, go throughout the guitar chops and then the piano chords and so this would mm. be the lpts right you've got a drummer you've got a bass player they had some other bass player i actually have the did you say who the guys were because i have a list no. of the guys no if you you could list them for sure so johnny mills on drums billy mccoo on bass cool school mccoo mm. uh curtis trussell on guitar 
and oh, I, I didn't write this part. It says and myself on piano, but it's not me for sure. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're in the LPTs. Wow. <laughs> John, John and John Glover was also playing bass on occasion. I'll mention that because who knows? Maybe this is John Glover on on this track. But yeah, so it, it, the, every, all the instruments just like fit together so well on this recording. And the vocal is is really good. It's an interest. Let's go through. Let's, let's head right to the lyrics. Uh, okay, so, well, let, well, let's you, hear that. Do you, you want to hear that intro? Yeah, hear the intro. Let's hear the intro, then go to the lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> you can right away there. What you get is a groove. You get a really good groove. So. Unlike hot dog stand, well, that, that's a good groove too. But when yeah. they're talking about grooving, these guys are just grooving, right? And then they can they just groove, and then they can talk about other things with a little more depth. Oh, the uh, drummer is so good on this because I was just noticing oh, on yeah. this one, it's that it's that he's doing like this kind of like a fill in between yeah. as well. There's just something going on there. I it's, like it's the, this the, syncopated rhythm that they're doing, where no one is really like hitting the same spots. It all like fits together. It's that thing I really like that interlocking groove that they're. Did you doing. say who's on vocals? Because I actually don't know who's singing. I know it's not Lou Beatty. I know he helped write the song, and two other songwriters joined I, I didn't, him. I didn't because this information, which I got from SoulfulDetroit.com. Uh, had nothing specifically about this song. It only had stuff about the studio and the LPT. That's too studio. bad because I like he he opened the singer and he doesn't really sing. He kind of like he talks. goes ha ha right. <laughs> <at the beginning. laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you keep saying it's going to be a long hot summer for you and me. Well, now what you say could very well be. But a long, hot summer just ain't my cup of tea. So that's the first, I guess I'd call it the first verse. So then, yeah, and we've got, and what they're kind of doing rhythmically is they hit a lot on the two and then the and, and. So the the offbeat on the three and four and. So like one, two, three, and four, and one, two, three, and four, and one, two, three, and four, and one, two, something like that. So you keep saying, I'm gonna be, gonna, gonna, gonna be. Like that, and they just go from that the E to that B. They do that for pretty much the entire song. So the song, I kind of want to talk about this later, but to me, the form of the song is actually more like a protest song, mm. like that a folk singer would do, because it's not focused on any kind of bridge or any kind of pop song structure. It's really about verses and, yeah. and choruses, and they just do their verses and choruses like a like a folk or pro like it's a protest song. It, it is a protest song, but it's an, we'll get and also it's... like a kind of a critiquing of protest because it's not anti-protest. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Protest. It's so, it's an interesting position. Yeah, and like for those first for that first verse, we that's when I thought, ah, oh, cool song about how summer's kind of overrated. Uh, he just says this long hot supper, long hot summer just ain't my cup of tea. But then he moves on and says more. So. So I know you're prepared for this. So I think this is the time because it's here in the lyrics that you should talk about the long hot summer and what that. Okay. Was. So so that uh, it, it took a while for me to figure it's it out. What it is or what's yeah. Yeah, linked to the long hot summer, which uh, uh, is uh, a term now used to describe the summer of 1967 in the United States, which was. Let me see if I can uh, talk about my notes here. Uh, refers to the many many riots and uprisings in black communities and, throughout the u.s in 1967 and there was a lot Detroit. like if you look at a list of all the riots that happened there are in many it's like cities, a list of yeah. 15 like 20 cities or something yeah and it's just uh so you know obviously to put it in a nutshell it's uh people in black communities who are responding in their communities to specific flashpoints and it's about institutionalized unemployment and racism police brutality uh 
lack of housing, education, obviously just total inequality. And it erupted in the summer of 67. And now it specifically hit Detroit. And I think the dates were July 23rd to July 28th. There was a five-day ride. As a matter of fact, it's a song by um, Gordon Lightfoot about it. Uh, Black Day in July, which is about the, the riots. Or if you want to call it one riot, but it's a series of uh, incidents happening in Detroit in 1967, which started off. And there's all kinds of, if you go to the Wikipedia page, of the long hot summer then you go to the detroit riot that was at that specific time then you just find out about the algiers hotel incident and there's all these it's crazy to read about and you go okay so this song isn't just a summer song this Mm -hmm. song is a response to an absolutely pressing political and social problem that was happening in the city that the lpts were in so that comes into play when you start thinking about like the all the odd references in the song start to make sense here. So it's like, uh, I, yeah. I think this is a song. Well, the song's not a hit, so you can't really blame anyone for for not playing it on the radio today or anything. But it's kind of a forgotten song to me in yeah. terms of its content matter because if you hear songs that address this this time and these issues, the mm-hmm. songs that get focused on are more like. And again, we'll have to we'll get into the lyrics so we can explain this a bit more. But okay, I don't know if this is the same. This this wouldn't be the same time period. Thing, but let's say a song like Bob Marling's Bob Marling Bob Marley's uh, <laughs> "Get Up, Stand Up, Stand Up for Your Rights," where where people are like, "Oh, this is awesome! Stand up for your rights!" Yeah, that's awesome. But where's the specifics in this? Right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a little bit like, hey man, like you're kind of just like like easy. So getting easy applause there because you're Slogans. not dealing with a lot of issues like, yeah. well, what are your feelings on violence? Like, what what is this revolution going to look like? Whereas to me, this song is much more specific in its political feelings. Exactly. And so when we talk about the second verse, when again, when probably similar experience to me where I was like, how how is this? Why is this song in this in the first line of the verse two? I won't march unless the deal is right. Now, at first, I just thought the word march is just like a cool synonym. He didn't want to talk about walking. I won't march unless the deal is right, because I don't want to start no stupid fight. Rocks and bottles, fires at night. I can't buy it. It just ain't right. So I'm thinking, why is he making references to rocks and bottles and fires at night? And now if you put it in the context of the long, hot summer and specifically the Detroit riot of 1967, the summer of 67, July 23rd to 28th. Okay. There must be protests and demonstrations going because the word demonstrate comes in later. So all this use of strange language is no longer mystifying. I won't march unless the deal is right. You know, I I don't. And and he doesn't say, yeah, he doesn't say he wouldn't protest or march. Or yeah. and, he, and he also doesn't say he disagrees with the issues yeah. that, that are being addressed. He's he's quite quite specific, kind of getting more specific in terms of like what. And now I'm not taking a side on on either of these things either. I'm just trying to point out what's unique. It's about. definitely you could say that you could you could definitely say that the song it's written partly by um, Lou Beattie and two other songwriters takes a certain kind of moderate stance possibly. Mm-hmm. Like if you were to say a radical stance which is a revolutionary stance. These guys you can see how they're going to build an argument here in this yeah. in the in the coming verses here. But just again taken out of context 50 plus years after the fact i'm confused by the references to rocks and bottles until i look into it and go now it makes sense to me you would know if you were a detroit radio listener in 67 listening to the song oh he's talking he's saying we shouldn't throw rocks and bottles some are angry enough to do it 
obviously Lou Beattie being a pillar of the business community, he's going to be taking yeah, a more Someone probably step. broke the window of his studio. <laughs> yeah. He's like, oh, we're, we're getting a little bit out ahead, you know? Maybe this isn't necessary. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then, of course, we've got the chorus, which is great. It's going to be a long, cool summer for me, repeated twice. And then yeah. I got some ideas of my own, you see. It's great that they come up with a really good melodic hook and a really good lyrical hook that mm-hmm. fits very well into their message. So they've got a great single here, and they go from that part of the like, bum, 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 to, to more of a driving groove in that part, like, it's gonna be a long, cool summer for me, it's gonna be a long, cool summer for me, it's gonna be a long, cool summer for me, I got some ideas of my own, you see. I can see this song, like getting back to thinking about this being a protest song, if you wanted the song to be saying worse and perform worse, you could see this being a Dylan tune, like uh, like going like, I'll march in this the dealings, right? <laughs> Rocks and bells, fires in the, I can't fight, just ain't right. And then he'd go into, oh, cool, summer for me. Our, our Dylan impression is getting. But it's a, I can't imagine Dylan ever doing that. Right. No, he loves bluesy stuff. That's oh, what okay. he do, does these days is, oh, okay. uh, is bluesy stuff. Um, yeah, but it's a, it's a really good chorus. They repeat, it's going to be a long, cool summer for me. Um, I mean, for us, like as Canadian listeners in 2022, we didn't get the reference. I don't know if for Americans in 2022, it'd be different if when you say long, hot summer, that's still a term that resonates. Yeah. And you know what that is, but, uh, but when you, when you know what it is, it certainly turns the song on its head. It definitely blew my mind. Cause the, uh, yeah. the song, it took, it took it time. I was like, the song sounds cool, but it just makes no sense. Let's talk <laughs> about the, let's talk about the next verse then to say, uh, again, me being very confused. Cause he says, you keep saying keep my kids out of school because some fool don't want to follow the rules. I can't but, do that. I like the, the way he says it too. Is he goes don't want to follow the rule. He says like rule in yeah. a way that I like. Yeah. So the way he says the words in some places. Really oh, good. I love the vocal performance in this. Yeah. I love the way the guy, whoever it is, whoever is it, great, is great. Definitely great. Yeah. There's a lot of like emphasis on certain. I can't dig that. That ain't cool. That only makes my kids a fool. And then as yeah. he goes on. Well, so the, the, no, well, I got to ask you something. Now, are they saying that um, is the reason that the you might not know this is the reason the person says to keep the kids out of school because it's dangerous because of the riots? Or is it a thing mm, like, oh, this is mm-hmm. like the, the society school and they're indoctrinating you? Is it about indoctrination or is it about danger? Well, because because the that's the reason why I'm confused, because I'm like, when we think of summer, we don't think about school. That's one thing that's odd about a song. We haven't yet ever encountered a song about summer that isn't about leaving school this is the first one where it's like going to school i want to go in summer (laughs) and the parents the parents are going to school yeah let's think also it's during summer when no one goes to school right (laughs) like it's the it's one of the things they celebrate in summer songs so that's why for a long time i was scratching my head like why is and then i got the connection of cool school and i'm like but still it doesn't answer the connection of why in summer and why it's a father seemingly talking about his kids so as it moves on it's like but yeah i don't know i can't tell you why there's a reference to keeping kids out of school during say the riots because there wouldn't have been but it seems to reference the cool school but yeah uh, 
project, I would say. Once you added that piece about the cool school project, I think it really helps explain what was informing these lyrics because you've got a guy who's a a successful business owner trying to make this business work during a time when when people are like on. And then you've got a guy who's got this cool school thing where he's like, oh, it's all about going to school. And then you've got other people saying, well, let's destroy businesses. Let's keep the kids out of school. And this guy's going like, no, 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 no. This is none of the stuff that I. It's a little bit of positive propaganda in a way it's like a guy going look this is what i think we should do for the community i he's definitely on the side of the black community i would say lou Beatty as being a a member of the black community who's a businessman um but he's just not for the revolutionary or at least just whatever you want to call the the reaction to the events that led up now you can look into that in the especially specific context of the detroit riots it was about police brutality and police mistreatment of black people in the in the entire environment but he goes on and so the next part of the verse i'm confused what he's saying at a few points he says but I, he seems to say something like but i want to thank you i don't know if he says thank you that's what i, got I a new i'll tell you where, whether it's the same as what i interpret as oh, okay so so but i want to thank you i got a new rule me and my kids are both going to school <laughs> yeah, and like then he says button. which is odd if that don't get it i don't know if that's what he says i'll that's buy me some tools get a job and work like a fool. So then that, I'm like, as that's I'm all listening... the same lyrics as I wrote down. So I, okay. I think you, you got it. So my thought is, as I'm ever, as I was listening to this song most of the week, I'm like, so why is he not just now he's going to school with his kids in summer and they're <laughs> building, understand. they're building something. Cause he's buying. And so I was like, well, so my first thought was, well, it's just a song about working during the summer, which is kind of like a anti summertime blues. Like it's just anti everything you have in summer songs, which is, this is about staying in school during summer and it's also about working see it's, i it's i interpret it work. as more of like if if i don't end up in a in a white collar sort of field from going mm. to, from getting this education mm-hmm. then I, i'll i'll get more of a labor job i'll get some tools and i'll get a job and i'll, I'll work hard you know? yeah you have to look past again my first listen where i'm thinking it's still just a summer song it's like no no it, it is more than a summer song Right. So, yeah, you've got that part. And then you got the chorus again. Right. So uh, long, cool summer for me. So now let me make sure we're not missing anything musically here. But basically, I think a lot of my royalettes, we've already talked about how snappy and tight the music is. It's yeah. a lot of the royalettes are about the, the way vocal, he says the way things. he says yeah. words, the way he says words. So so then the I guess I would call it the final, the third verse is, uh, hey, man, you ain't cool. Always talking about breaking the rules. I like how he's always going for the cool rule school thing. Yeah. If you and this is my favorite part. If you're gonna demonstrate, why don't you do it right? Now again, again do you want to hear it? Do you want to hear it? Yeah, I want to hear it. I want to yeah, hear yeah. it done. Do you right. have the time written? He's we'll just it. find it otherwise. But no, I don't. But I think it's okay. let's just let's just take a stab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on. I'm I'll pause so we can get it right on. Hey man, you ain't cool. Always talking about breaking a rule. If you're gonna demonstrate, why don't you do it right? No need to be marching. Late at night. Do you want to hear more of that one? Let's talk about those lines. Yeah, that was, that the, line. the way he says every line is so good. Because that's one too. He goes like, yeah. ain't talking about breaking the rule. And then he mm-hmm. says, if if you're going to demonstrate, what don't what, you don't do? You it? do he it says right. every line so well. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. That's that's I'm sold at that moment for sure. If you, and then again, on my first few listens, I'm like, why is he talking about demonstrating? Why is he talking about what was the other part that I was confused by earlier? The marching. Uh, again, took a while, took took some time. It's because it's not 1967. I mean, sometimes it might feel like it is, but yeah, he, the way he says it, why do, no need to be marching late at night. So he's definitely making an argument here. Let's not do that. Yeah, I I really like that line too because the the line has a. Uh... 
Like, it's like, hey, we should be marching, but why aren't you marching at, like, three in the afternoon? Like, <laughs> if you go out, I, it, like, to me, what he's implying is, like, when you go out for a march at, like, 8 p.m., are you looking for some trouble or, or like, anticipating some trouble? And and is that necessary? And, again, not to take aside neither of that, I feel like that's what he's saying. He's like, we, we, that the marching, the demonstrating is good, but it's like, yeah, like, is, there, is there a pursuit of, of this sort of uh at the rocks and the bottles and in the fire yeah and he's clearly addressing like people who are uh in the the protest movement or in, at least in the riot hey man you ain't cool always talking break, breaking the rules it seems to be addressed to people who are per- past there was obviously looting going on and right some possibly possibly he's thinking he's not making reference to that but he might be making some sort of there's some implication of the people that are in the 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 civil rights movement or in the community who might be doing the things that he disagrees with anyways. And I say Lou Beatty, but it's also two other songwriters whose names I just don't have right now written down. But um, so there's three songwriters behind this, at least as far as I know, writing the lyrics. Maybe it's just Lou Beatty because he wrote, he wrote a song called uh, school is cool as well. So, you know, Lou Beatty has like a positive message to give here. So let's maybe play the next uh, section of the, the verse here. Yeah. Yeah. Good idea. And it's uptight. Believe me, baby, you can do it with life. I think you should fight for your rights. But if you use the wrong tools, you might lose the fight. Believe me, baby. He says the, every line so well. Okay, go through those lines. So I think he says, I don't know what he says exactly, but I have, now if you got a knack, I don't know uh, what if he says knack. I couldn't understand that last word either. I wrote down act and didn't know what that would mean. Oh, that I makes couldn't. more sense. That makes more sense because they're acting, right? Now, if you got to act and it's uptight, believe me, baby, you can do it with light, which is I kind like of a the, beautiful line. Yeah. Yeah. I thought so too. That's a really good, li- a really good line. Like, um, and and as and as opposed to the lines of marching at night in the fires mm. and the in the rocks and bottles, the this yeah. uh the po- positivity message and light seems to like also like makes you think of not just literal light, but then of course you're sort of a metaphorical light. I think you should fight for your rights, but if you use the wrong tools, you might lose the fight. So then it becomes seriously didactic here, not in a bad way, but just. Here's a message being thrown right at you. And yep. again, remember that. So then another Aunt chorus first too. Listen. After that, another. Yeah. It's going to be then a long, a, cool. Oh yeah, because we're going to talk about how great the song ends too. It's a and, perfect ending too. Yeah. So oh yeah. So yeah, you're very much saying like um, that that thinking the approach is wrong, and then mm-hmm. weird or I guess not that weirdly, but. Um, there's something that sounds kind of like a bridge, but it's more of an outro because this is the end of the song where uh, it, the music has stayed the same, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, verse, chorus throughout the whole song up till here. And then, I mean, are you ready to talk about this outro part? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, sure. Is it the part that you and me build yeah. a factory? I love yeah. this. Okay, good. Maybe we should play it. Okay, yeah, for sure. Uh, let's just let's let it go from here. Yeah.
<laughs> so good. Such a great part. They do stops in the music, so they switch from having just the music kind of ro- rollicking and rolling through, and they do some like boom. Let's you and me build a bump factory, and the drums keep going. Of course, that great drummer. Mm-hmm. Then we then and then he says then then we will all have a job. You see, so yeah, mm-hmm. it gets very prescriptive here, right? Is that yeah, the right word? A, yeah, it's almost like an argument, and here's the solution that yeah. you and me are going to build a factory. So it seems to be like we're going to start our own businesses, our own. You know, we're going to work uh, for ourselves. Like I don't know. There's obviously more to ask the people behind this, but then he says that's the sure way to quality, and also to, somebody's to re- equality. That's oh, a sure that's probably way to better. Equality. That's probably that makes more sense because when he says sure way to quality, I'm thinking like, you know, he's oh, yeah, like uh, Motown and uh, and music. Right. And this guy is probably trying to sort of make quality music, but equality makes more sense for the context of the song. Right. Uh, and then, of course, just the great call and response. Oh, and because because he's a forceful guy. So it's like, OK, yeah, OK. All yeah. right. All right. You like I like the great way to end the song. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Yeah, I'm, it ends with just an acapella. I like, and then it's mm-hmm. over. And so it's, he gives, he goes through like the problems he identifies, what his solution is, and then says like, "Is this all right?" He basically goes like, "Who who v- wants to pass this motion?" Everyone yeah, say yeah, I, yeah, yeah. and then they yeah. all approve it. It's pretty brilliant because it's it's very rhetorically effective. Because also it, rhetorically, he goes, "Okay, so if you were to say that, who's going to disagree with you?" Maybe someone <laughs> would go, "No." Uh, Mr. Beatty, I have some other things uh, that I want to say. No, you just go, okay, because he's so forth. All right. He's almost a bit like, eh, you're going to disagree with me? All right. And yeah. you can hear that. It's young sounding people going, okay, all right. I like it. It's also, you can hear, it sounds like a woman in there mm-hmm. as well. So it sounds like a, a, a nice slice of uh, demographics or of people that who are agreeing with him, youthful, uh, co-ed sounding people like men and yeah. women agreeing with the person the voice of this song it's just an effective ending and all throughout the song it's again as i say for my experience for the song was just being mystified by the lyrics and then slowly piecing the puzzle together and then going oh okay now i get it this song makes a lot more sense you know when it talks about um and even you've helped me out with if you gotta act and even the way he says a line like now if you gotta act and it's yeah. uptight. They go, ah, it sounds cool. Uh, so beautiful. I love it. Uh, this song has been, I, ha- I hate to say it because it, it does signal a possible bias here. It's been blowing my mind all week. I agree. I think this was the one that of the songs that we chose where I was like, oh, we had to do this one. Like, and, and when we, it was possible that we didn't choose this one. We had that list of songs and we had to decide which ones. And I thought like, well, it's a little repetitive and there's not a ton of dynamics. And, mm-hmm. and people probably looking at the songs you talk about, like they care about that. But uh, <laughs> when I actually started doing the work on it, I was like, we mm-hmm. had to do this song. This is a yeah. song that, that really should be talked about. So Me too, and, yeah. And I did, I, again, when I picked it out of your list, I went, ah, it's cool. It's a song about how summer is sometimes you want it to be cooler. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, that wasn't what it was about. I just, you know, they, they maybe that's another smart thing of the song. It's like, hey, it's going to make you think it's about something, but it's actually about something right. else. So yeah. it has staying power. It made us do research and it paid off in a big way. And it makes you appreciate the song even more when you yeah. think of it as a protest song for sure. So yeah, love it. Yeah, Do we have anything def- else to say about it? No, definitely thumbs up for LPT's Long Cool Summer. That was a good, uh, I don't know if I'd say discovery, but a good thing to identify or, or uh, again, you say unearth and it's always got some kind of negative connotation. But anyways, I'm glad we talked about it. 
Yeah. No, the earth is okay. Um, so let's go uh, to the next song here, where maybe we're getting back into a little bit more regular, benign summer territory, but maybe not. Possibly we could be Ooh. talking about some intense things. This song is called On the Beach by Extreme. From the summer of 67, that's Extreme with On the Beach. Now, I have no information on this band. I think I did a little bit of attempting to find out stuff about them, and I gave up. Part of the problem, of course, is that band from I, I have a blur. Do you want me to, okay, me to read the go blur? for it. Yeah, Do every it. time you try to look up the if these guys are called The, ex, yeah, the Extreme or The Extreme, uh, you're going to get information about Extreme, the band that did more than words and don't, yeah. don't, don't funk, uh, or oh, no, get the funk get out, the get funk the funk out. out. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then they have an album called Porno Graffiti. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see basically <laughs> what their, what their thing was. And then they tried to get like sensitive on their next album, which was like three sides to every story. And they, they, they had a song that was like, Please tell me God isn't dead. And it was like a piano. Please tell me God isn't. And then Gary Schroen oh. joined Van Halen after, uh, shortly after. Oh, okay. Well, these guys are the extreme E-X-T-R-E-E-M. Yeah, as yeah. Well, so. Yeah. A different, different band, needless mm-hmm, to say. Mm-hmm. They didn't do wholehearted. Uh, oh. Sounds like that. Yeah. Uh, so here's the blurb. The extreme originated from Birmingham uh, circa 1966. After an initial audition, the band were rewarded with a single release on the independent Strike Records label. 
on the this is the single that we just listened to so the a side on the beach backed with don't you ignore me was issued in 1967 unfortunately this was to be the band's only release although they later recorded a number of songs at decca's west hampstead studios in london and zella studios in birmingham in 1970. Uh, there was no company interested in the recordings and the band split up soon after the drummer pete boot great name joined <laughs> bass guitarist bruno stapenhill uh, who is from Bittersweet and Blue Condition to form Bullion, uh, with <laughs> ex-Judas Priest guitarist Ernie Chataway. You don't, people don't think of this, but Judas Priest formed in like 1970. So yeah. they, they formed, they were around early before they got, at, yeah, I don't want to go off on too much of a tangent, but I remember I did a school project when I was a teenager and it, uh, we used like, we used the Judas Priest song Screaming for Vengeance as oh. an example of like a comical heavy metal song. Uh, it's yeah, actually yeah. A, a great song, but people don't realize Judas Priest was like, uh, like it's impossible to go back to like 1988 and hear Judas Priest Screaming for Vengeance the way it would have sounded to a teenage teenager's ears at that time. Yeah, I have a good Judas Priest memory because uh, my brother did a he was learning uh, to play guitar and bass. And he uh, went and got lessons at this place on Ross street, which is the main street in Red Deer, Alberta. So in 1986, he did a recital in the basement of the guitar shop. And I remember it so well. It was one of the funniest things that one of the first things I remember is a little like five-year-old uh, uh, South Asian girl playing green sleeves on folk, uh, like a folk guitar. And then another thing I remember is my brother's bass string uh, breaking right in the very start of, him and his guitar teacher and a band playing Breaking the Law by... His uh, bass string broke? His bass string broke. And bass, I remember the look on his face. Bass strings never break. I, That's I have crazy. To, I, I have to either like check with him and see if it was a bass or if he was playing guitar. I, but my memory is that it's a bass string. And my memory... And again, remember how memory is, of course, like I could be memory... I could just be projecting a memory that didn't happen. He knows that this happened, whether it was a guitar string or a bass string. I remember it being bass, but I'll have to get that confirmed. Because remember the, the look a on A guitar face. string breaking is, is fairly common, but a bass string breaking would just be like like... Uh, karma or something. Oh, it's too bad I couldn't get in touch with him right now. I could actually text him and say, "Was it a bass string?" But it would just take too long to do that. While I get badminton to do it, but it's gonna take. That's too hard to, uh, to coordinate. But uh, I remember a lot of things of that. But the main thing I remember about that day is uh, one headbanger. There was it was a catered event, and one headbanger said to another head. These were literal headbangers. It was 1986. Said to another, "Hey man, snag me a donut." And to this day, I say that, or I just use the word snag instead of, you know, <laughs> grab. Let's snag coffee. Hey, snag, when you're over there, snag me a muffin or something. I've been using it since 1986. Yeah. There was a of lot course, of things that in happened. a place where the donuts have been laid out for you to eat. Yes. Like, it's not like yeah. you're stealing them or something. It's like, no. yeah, we've, no. we've put the donuts out for you to eat. No, when there's a spread, it's just like someone, when you, when you can, when it's not within reach, which by the way, then reaches like the this girls. song. Yeah, yeah, because that's the thing I'm going to ask. I want to ask you it right now. What is he actually saying there? Because I have four possible lines. I'll read them all to you. I have you... the girls all live within reach. Is that not okay. what it says? I have that, but I also have the girls are all there within reach or the girls are heaven in reach. And then my favorite is the girls at heffern in reach. <laughs> that's 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 the line we got to go with. Because <laughs> I was like, I actually had to look up what a reach is. And it's not a it's not something you'd have on a beach. A reach would be an open stretch of water, usually artificial, that would be on a water course like a river. But now I want to have like a beautiful uh, indie movie called The Girls at Heffern and Reach. 
and uh, and it would just be like you know a coming of age movie or something directed by Sofia Coppola or something like that. But yeah, it took me a while to actually understand what he, he's saying. And then I at the very end was like, he must say the girls all live within reach. But then does that mean they live within? I have no idea. Of the beach? I have no it's idea what line. that means. I kind of assume, yeah. I I actually that was one of the things. I have questions for this podcast that occur to me like while I'm while I'm doing the dishes or something, mm-hmm, yeah. and uh, so I'm like washing some dishes and I'm sitting there going like. Well, Weldon, know what that means? The girls, <laughs> yeah, the all, girls live within all live reach. within reach. Like, uh, yeah, it's like the idea is sort of like the girls on the beach are within reach. Now, of course, the reach and beach uh, uh, rhyming scheme, I think of the band, um, who's the band that did The Fix with their album Reach the Beach. So I was thinking, well, okay, maybe they're just, you know, playing with that. But the girls, I just had this image of a guy trying to reach out and touch a girl, which of course is problematic, but it wasn't as problematic in 1967, possibly. Let's start about, let's talk about the song. I I was, because I don't know what it means. And and I've hinted at that by the fact that I wanted to ask you about it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) When I try and understand it, which then leads to me just like getting a headache and then go going and opening (laughs) the fridge and getting a beer or something. (laughs) I, I think like, I think it just means that they there are pretty girls who are nearby. Yeah, I think that. Yeah, we don't want to over. I mean, we do want to overanalyze it. But by That's the way, I did. didn't write down the lyrics because I actually can't I understand most I of what he's saying. Oh, good, good, because I know he does. <laughs> but but let's start talking about the song then from its start to its finish, and we'll talk about the the lines because I I do hear some of what he sings, but a lot of it's kind of huh what. So yeah yeah. So it starts with this. Sorry. There's that little and it's got this chord combo, which this is a great chord combo because and I want to talk about how this works within the song. But the chord combo is the uh, Herman's Hermits. I'm into something good. Yeah. Chord combo. Yeah, That's yeah, the only yeah. way I can describe it is like woke up this morning feeling fine. That's the I'm something special on my mind. That's the Herman's Hermits, right? Yeah, I've got like, that written down in my notes. It's a bit of a hermit's hermit's vibe before yeah. the vocals. Yeah, but and, and I think they're playing with that because they do they do this really kind of uh, it. That's what makes the song roguish. Is it's mm. like sassy sort of where they sound like playful and and fun, but then the chorus is like a like a belty bluesy thing like on the beach on the beach. The girls aren't in within re- um because then this uh bass guitar thing comes in and both the bass and the guitar this river's like Yeah. So they're doing the sun goes well, we should also mention the the singer's voice, which I never get used to. For a summer song, most summer songs have like pretty high pitched voice guys. You don't have a lot of bluesy belters like this guy. Uh, in the time is right. He, 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 on the beach. Like who he does he that. remind? Because he reminds me a little of the Manfred Mann guy, as Paul Young or something. Yeah, uh, Paul Jones. Paul like, Jones. Thank you, Paul Jones. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Paul Jones. He's we like the way he says words. Um, this is blue-eyed soul-y, and that's yeah. kind of their shtick. Is they do that, and you wonder if in 1967 this was kind of like this. Kind of seems like they're they're thinking this might be a cool thing in 1967, but and it turns out not being do you get that impression as well well i get the feeling that this is this is part of that uh we've talked about it before where this kind of like blood sweat and tears and i'm trying to think of other bands like 
uh, that have this kind of vocal style. Uh, that's the only band I can ever think of. But whenever I listen to music of the 60s, I eventually find other bands that have a singer like this. And they seem to be emerging at this time. So I'd say that it's that it is sort of I like think commercially right. spot on. Yeah, yeah I think it's yeah. of the time. I think you. Yeah. I, I agree with you. But I can never get over this guy's voice. Another day on the beach. It just sounds so weird to me. <laughs> I'm sure that that is what made us choose this of the list of songs that we were like, yeah, yeah. Well, especially this when he goes, in. fun, fun for everyone. This guy doesn't <laughs> sound like a teenager. Like, he sounds like a grown man. Like, he, yeah. And we've been, Do you think he's he's like um, an Alex Chilton where Alex Chilton was in the box tops and he sounded like a... Like, like, you <laughs> yeah, know, like a old man. Yeah, yeah. Well, the other thing is, is like, this is a British song. It's like, oh, yeah, I guess Britain has beaches. But man, I have not heard a lot of like fun summer songs from the Brits. And like, and we're looking at a picture of the band too. And they look like, you know, British guys. I'm like, I also, by the way, I live in Vancouver where people from the UK come in the summer and you can single them out when you're on a bus and you see a bunch of really pasty white and, you know, turning red white people <laughs> getting on the bus and with fresh crisp new summer clothes you're like ah those are irish those are those are brits those are I, no, i'm not saying they're both what i'm saying is there are people from the uk or the island of uh, ireland that are here in town and you go ah those guys really look obviously like they stand out in a summer context so i'm thinking that's this immediately changes my view of a summer song knowing that this is a band from birmingham where there's no beach nearby so these guys must be some remember we grew up in alberta and people would always make fun of us especially when i moved out here oh, alberta it's like you know there's lots of lakes guys like we went to people beaches. go to the beach in alberta quite frequently yeah there's most of the world's the fresh water is yeah it's most of the world's fresh water is in canada and it means that every single province has Six thousand lakes. We had lakes yeah. to choose from, but even people from the coasts here in Canada think as if we were all living in like some sort of arid <laughs> steppe or something like that. It's like, no, there's lots of water, guys. It's hey, just beaches exist elsewhere too. One of the most, one of the the funniest, like competitive things in the world has to be competitiveness about like the beauty of beaches, where people go like. But mm. this beach, the sand is so white, and there's mm-hmm. no, and they go, oh, the water is so blue. Like, oh, come on, you sit down there, you put your <laughs> towel out, you, you yeah, move yeah. They're all pretty much the same. This Although, the beach. you visited uh, Crab Park with me here in Vancouver. That's a, that's a, that's, that's a, a good pretty, beach. Yeah, we saw fire. <laughs> we saw a tent catch on fire. Um, and, you know, just the usual things you see, but it's a beautiful spot. It's also right in the middle of the Vancouver Harbor, so you see lots of tugboats and ferries and huge container ships with drugs and illicit things in them yeah yeah while dogs are playing you're like watching a dog play fetch while like a huge shipment of cocaine is coming in yeah beautiful stuff just like this song sings about yeah yeah so the the lyrically here's where the lyrics go is that they like with it's got that that thing going so i'm not gonna sing the whole song but it you know this is the way these lyrics are coming in like sun goes up sun goes up brown the moon goes down another day on the beach it's you know so sun goes up and the moon goes down another day on the beach another day with the same old crowd the girls all live within reach yeah this singer <laughs> loves to say yeah if you were to go yeah. for a beer with this guy he would, after, he would be like, he would say like, well, how was work today? He'd be like, yeah, well, it was all right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he would say it. It's a tick with him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's from Birmingham, which is uh, 
uh, I think the same city that um, Black Sabbath are from. There's another band with a "All right now" and a lot of "Won't you listen?" Just right. like throwing things it's in, like yeah, thing. yeah. It might just be a thing that they do there. Maybe if you, I don't know, I haven't talked to a lot of Brummies. That's what people from Birmingham are called. I know my friend's dad is uh, a South Asian guy from Birmingham, so he must have a Birmingham accent. But uh, uh, I'll have to check and see if he says "yeah" a lot after everybody. I haven't noticed it. So. I want there to be a thing where, like, Birmingham to everyone else in the world is known as Birmingham, yeah? Just because people from Birmingham are always going, like, yeah, I'm from Birmingham, yeah. I'm from Birmingham, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, he's from Birmingham, yeah. So then he says that twice. The girls all live within reach, yeah. The girls all live within reach, yeah. So I think he's saying he approves of it. And yeah. then he says, <laughs> this one's just so good. Popcorn candy. Candy and lemonade. And lemonade. Now, I don't know if it's popcorn candy. Or if it's popcorn, comma, candy. Oh, popcorn, candy. And it's a, it's a list, right? So you'd have yeah. like the Oxford comma But is it popcorn candy? Or is it popcorn candy? Yeah, because I don't know what popcorn candy is. But remember, well, these guys good, are British. It so sounds probably, good. It sounds, sounds good. Yeah, but it could be popcorn, comma, candy, comma, and lemonade. Yeah, so popcorn, candy, and lemonade. In our delight. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, line, I'm getting ahead of you. The next line I don't understand at all. They're all – yeah, I have it written down as they're all see a delight. Oh, yeah. no, they are no, they are sheer delight. That's what he said. Oh, they're that's good. Delight. They are yeah. sheer delight. That's good. I didn't understand it at all. Yeah. And then, then I, the next line I'm going to – so the next line here is, so I'm on the barbecue. What does he say there? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's so, so, barbecue. Yeah, so, so I'm on the barbecue. <laughs> so weird. Now, I, British people say barbecue in 1967. That just seems so weird to me. I feel like, like this he's is just song. heard this song, about a barbecue. He's never been. This song anywhere. is suspiciously American for a British. Now, I know That's that Britain I mean. is an island, so there's, of course, lots of coastlines. So there must be lots of beaches. But, hey, we don't hear about them in the rest of the world. Ah, the beaches. Now, when I think of beaches in uh, in England, I think of those rocky beaches in Brighton that you see in like uh, Quadrophenia where the mods are fighting the rockers. And it's always an overcast day. And I know British <laughs> right. people go to the beach, but it's like a shingly beach. It's actually cold out there. And they're like, what do people like this? Yeah. I mean, you think of England, you don't think of sunny days, right? Yeah. So obviously you do now the summer of 2022, you think of the sun scorching them for all their sins. But hey, like this song is great, but it's like, it's still to me, it's like, this is a pretty American song. Like this, the summer song is, it? I'm going to say it, it might be an American thing. I know summer exists in other countries. So this is a very, very controversial statement, but hey, we have to have some hot takes. I, I understand that probably in Namibia, you know, there's probably some singers about, singing the about beach. I think it's reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> no, I guess it's still not reasonable. But song about summer song about and the beach. Good. They they sound to me like it's got to be an American pop. Now, obviously, Canadians can do it. Hey, Echo Beach. Uh, but wait, could SNFU do a song about the beach? I don't know. Even that, and we we said Alberta has beaches. But so yeah, they that happen on a Saturday night. Yeah, happen on a Saturday night. And then the chorus, it gets like bluesy in the chorus, right? Like they turn into. This is where they get to the on bluesy. The beach. On the beach. On the beach, and then they're back to their um, the uh, girls at Heffernan Reach. <laughs> okay, so the next line, then it gets to the good stuff that you love fun, fun for everyone, everyone. waves that lap on the shore. Yeah, wow. <laughs> that's what he says. Okay, waves that lap on the shore. Wow, and then this next line, I don't really understand, but I wrote down soft and seas playing in my head. It can't be that, but. 
hmm. uh, stick in my eyes and once more. Again, obviously, totally wrong. <laughs> but then he goes back to the last pre-course. Popcorn, candy, and lemonade. They're all sheer delight. So I'm on the barbecue that happened on a Saturday night. And then that's about it. And he says on the beach a whole bunch of times uh, yeah. after that. I still think the line, the girls all live within reach are really weird. I suppose it could mean that the girls live on, on the high street next to the beach or something. So they have a short uh, distance. That can't be what it means. That can't be what it means. I mean, it's just weird to put it that way. That's what makes this song oh, okay. so well, suspiciously that... British. Okay, here's the, what could the, make sense about that is you're like, well, it's easy to go back to their place uh, after. Ah, like if you yeah, meet them, if okay. they live close, then you could go back to their place. But otherwise, it's, you know. It's, here's my contention. I like this song, but I'm like, the Beach Boys would never have this much trouble with a, a summer song. It's so obvious that these guys don't really know what the conventions are of a summer song because they're like, the Beach Boys would never sing the girls all live within reach. Like, it's, it's too abstract. Like, I want them to at least say birds because they're British. And hey, it's mm. sexist, but still, the birds all live with. Because then I'd be like, ah, okay, it's British. There you go. But the girls all live within reach. I'm like, what? What are you talking about? That's so I, weird. I think as soon as they get to the chorus where they're going, on the beach, on the beach, <laughs> it kind of falls apart there where you're like, have you guys yeah. been to a beach? <laughs> Yeah, they looked at a picture of a beach in a library book. Went, so I song about it. Here. Yeah, <laughs> so, I, <laughs> we, we, may, we may have invited some trouble here, but I think we're on the same page. Yeah, I think so. I, I really do like the song. I just think it's, no, it's good. Yeah, yeah, that's why we chose but, it. We chose from a lot yeah, of songs. Well, well, the way it happened too is you were playing songs, and a lot of them, like I, I said, nah, not that one. But this one, I was like, oh yeah, yeah. We, I really we wanted this one right away. Thing. Yeah. yeah, the yeah. Herman's Hermit little vibe, like the ding 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 ding. I was like, that's good. And then when I heard his voice, I'm like, yeah, of <laughs> you know, it, day on the beach. What we haven't talked about is, I think, what really makes the song kind of stand out is the build of the song, where they have the in other mm-hmm. instruments come in, like the organ yeah. come in, and mm-hmm. then and then when the horns come in, that's kind of the really the thing that makes the song kind of work is these yeah uh, this building of the other instruments coming in and when the the horns come in you get the feeling like oh the studio must have thought these guys had some potential because there's some quite a bit going going on here yeah it's good uh you know it's it's too bad the guys just like as you said then recorded a bunch of songs with no label interest at all yeah um but this is you know and the very uh probably very small li- now i i I assume a bunch of people are going to start writing us and go, hey, here's all the great British summer songs. And we'll go, oh, that's right. There's actually a bunch, but it's the are only one the I can think of. <laughs> this is definitely the only one I can think of that's about the beach. Now, um, I guess there are lots, because again, I've mentioned Britain is an island. England is an island with Scotland, you know, Great Britain itself, uh, with Wales as well. And uh, you go, okay, yeah, it's an island. So there's lots of maritime, but they don't, think about it that way at least musically i don't i don't have a lot of experience with this it seems to be again um an american style of summer song being adapted by a british band that would be the main thing i would say about this here's what i will say too is is uh england you're you're a country of you know a relatively similar size to canada population wise right yeah they're actually probably about twice the population okay sorry about that <laughs> but <laughs> about 20 million more but still yeah they aren't uh they aren't Not like a US. huge huge yeah. country now yeah. now but look at 
what you represent like music wise Mm -hmm. you've got the beatles you've got the kinks you've got the who you've got the rolling stones and then you're gonna get all you're gonna get all uh you know all Mm -hmm. all worried about us saying you can't write songs about summer and the beach i mean you might just have to get over it yeah i agree i mean we're gonna we're gonna be signaling this is one of those things that as canadians because we're next to the u.s we're like Hey, we're we're with the U.S. on this. We might not agree with them on many things, um, but when it comes to recognizing their superiority, the superiority of summer songs, totally to the U.S. Hundred percent. I'm now on. It, I'm voting for them. So we know, like the Beatles have "Good Day Sunshine," but even then, like, what are we talking about? You get up in the morning and the sun is shining. We don't know anything about the temperature, think, or the, the setting. Whenever you see the Beatles cavorting in those Richard Lester movies, they're never doing it on a beach. Because if they did, they'd have to wear those old timey swimsuits. Because that's uh, the only thing British Q people would ever do. Q sixty five cavort on a beach, in full uh, full sweaters. And, yeah, uh, wearing jeans. suits and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and maybe not suits. I don't even know if those they were, had suits. I remember they were wearing sweaters and jeans, and they looked yeah, pretty. Yeah. Uh, they looked pretty beatnicky. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no. If you think of British people on the beach, right away I'm thinking old timey nineteen twenties or at least Victorian swimwear, because that's what the British. Uh, 60s guys would do they'd have to be funny about it they wouldn't just be right. on the beach like in america it's like you know that people like brian wilson even if he wasn't a surfer he definitely went to the beach and he probably wore shorts and he probably was surrounded by all the things he sings about in summer songs but this when you, as soon as a british guy mentions a barbecue i'm like shouldn't you guys have a word for it like lift or a, you know like a, a a nanny a nanny ma'am or something like that like some other word for it you wouldn't say barbecue it, it does have an air and beach boy songs have a similar air to them where like so the the surfer in the beach boys was dennis wilson none mm-hmm. of the other the beach only boys one. were surfers yeah. and brian wilson uh i think that's when it, i don't think it was van dyke parks i think van dyke's park van dyke parks was after but he got someone in as a co-lyricist to tell him like well what are what are teenagers into that hang out? Might have been Gary Usher. I think it was Gary Usher. Yeah, I think you're right. And then yeah. that's why they have all those lyrics that are about like Woody's and, yeah. and stuff and like the the types of cars and stuff where he was just like, okay, kids like this and this and this. And it does – it sounds like this. It sounds wooden like mm-hmm. this, like speaking of Woody's because it's mm-hmm. awkwardly crammed into these songs, which – yeah, but that's why I like the song. I like the the oh, falseness like it. Yeah. of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like the fakeness because I have no problem with that. It just it just somehow is 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 extremely funny to me. So I don't think they intended as funny. I I'd imagine these guys getting up and playing that song with like ter- totally serious faces. But and we're not like laugh out loud funny, but we're just going like huh, popcorn candy and lemonade. <laughs> I guess British people drink fun, lemonade. Fun. For everyone. I mean, now we're going to look at our demographics like, hey, we haven't had a British listener since that episode. So I think they all got offended. They're <laughs> all huge stereotypes. fans. <laughs> hey, we said more than words about this song. Do you think hey, this is what we'll say. I think we might like them better than the American extreme. So yeah, oh, for sure. I'm right the extreme battle. Yeah, yeah. Extreme sports. The extreme competition. <laughs> This is my favorite extreme for sure. Um, should we talk about the tropics? I think we should move on. By the way, great name for a summer band too. And the extreme and then the tropics, extreme temperatures and the tropics. And that's, you know, in 2022, you're thinking about summer. That's what we got now. We have extreme temperatures and we have the tropics. <laughs> right. So we've got, and this is going to be, in the, well, I'll, we'll explain it all after. But this is a band called the tropics and they do summertime blues with Land of a Thousand Dances. Have a listen. Yeah! So okay, 
The Tropics from 67, Summertime Blues, Land of a Thousand Dances. I didn't list who the guys are, but there's a Wikipedia page. These guys were from Tampa, Florida. Uh, one of the stories is they won a really big battle of the bands with like hundreds of other bands. They beat out the band Chicago. And then they won. This is a true story. Because I mean, I don't know why I would say it was a true story as if it was fake. It's just that something you hear <laughs> about these, you hear about bands and we get these stories and we're like, well, there's no way of checking this. But they did get then a... Uh, record deal with columbia and that's this is columbia records we're looking at it right now summertime blues lounge with house and dances so they got a major label deal out of winning now they're also from uh, i mentioned they're from tampa florida so they're from around the same place that the outsiders are from and last summer we did in our summer of 66 we did the outsiders from florida doing summertime blues and basically this is the same version except that they just added land of a thousand dances but it would sound to me like this is a very florida version of summertime blues because there's some important connections uh or some important musical elements that you'd hear from last year's summer 66 and this version of summertime blues so i'll just throw to eric now to start talking about the song this is a a pretty wild version clearly and one of the things that really stands out is the vocal which is Mm -hmm. it's it's like sort of like a fogarty slash seeger Vocal, like you take like John Fogarty from CCR and Bob Seeger, and you put them together, and you can imagine. So bands like this, where apparently these guys were really like like a like a significant band, they were around for years. 
They mm-hmm. were one of the biggest live bands in the region. They opened for a lot of significant bands. Um, I mean, especially Heinz Heinz and Dad. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I read that too. Most most <laughs> meaningful of all. Misspelled in the Wikipedia article. I don't think they're named Heinz like Heinz 57. I think they're oh. H-I-N-E-S, Heinz Heinz and Dad. Um, oh, okay. Hmm. But yeah, they did open for Heinz Heinz and Dad. And, wow. and uh, but they, yeah, they won that big battle of the bands and, and – you hear a song like this, and I think this is one of those bands where you see them live and you're like, these guys should be the biggest band in the world. And then it's a little bit tough to translate it into the studio and maybe their songwriting chops without the sort of live things where you're interacting with the audience and interacting with the band don't quite go where you're trying. Like in the studio, you need to do you need to do these songs that are just very tight arrangements and, and economical mm-hmm. And live isn't always like that, especially at this time in the 60s. And then, the, like, I mean, look at how things went in the 70s where, oh, like, like Humble Pie and stuff where they would be mm. like, let's guitar solo for 25 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's all kind of starting around this time. But luckily, you get these guys still just doing a real raw conversion of summertime blues with like a slight unhinged quality in the vocals. For sure. Yeah. Or like a, this guy is really, he's determined to enjoy his summer. He's not going to start working like uh, the LPTs. I like the way the song sounds. So, and, the, mm. and what I mean is like, it doesn't sound volume wise. It's not super loud, but it's loud. Like, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I get you. Yeah. They're not doing like a crank it to 10 kind of thing, but there's something about the energy level of the band that uh, translates. Yeah, like if you have your volume set the same for all four songs that we played today, um, and this is like a thing. Like someone could say, well, what does that mean? But things – songs are recorded at different volumes, and then when you get to radio stations and stuff, they'll try and equalize the volumes of these songs. Or uh, I think Spotify used to do this. I think they still do is try and equalize the volume of songs, but definitely – like older songs are much quieter. They're recorded at a quieter level mm. than modern songs. I've talked about this on the podcast before where um, there's a competition to see whose songs can sound the loudest on the radio. This one isn't like volume level wise that loud, but it has uh, – you want to crank it. And you if mm-hmm. you could crank it louder than the songs, you get that party atmosphere. One thing about this tune and – they do summertime blues right. They get the riff right. So you take the staccatos version, for example. They do a fuzz vert mm-hmm. take on the riff. In this one, they do the riff very true to Eddie Cochran's version. And I, I'm sure I've mentioned on the podcast before that I love summertime blues. I think it's so good. Uh, Eddie mm-hmm. Cochran's version and the song itself. But a lot of people think the riff to summertime blues is bum, 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 bum. Bum, 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 bum. What they're missing there is the rest. And this one gets the rest in there a little better. Like, So what I'm saying is it's ba bum bum ba bum bum. So I'm just gonna play the riff. Like let's hear that. That um, hopefully I'm putting the recording in the right place here. But you can just here's... go to the start. Yeah, let's go to the start. So my my point being that there's like an implied note where people they remember summertime blues and what they hear in their head is bum 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 bum. But they're missing an implied note in there. So the actual riff is more like bum 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 bum. Let's hear it. Okay. Hey, it just occurred to me that that bit sounds quite similar to the bit in the hot dog stand. Uh, come on, yeah. you know how Fosnag is. There's like a bit where they do that, where they're like, 
That must yeah. be a summer sound. That must be a sound of summer. Yeah. Oh, okay, let's go. So do you hear what I mean? That ba bum bum ba bum bum not ba 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 bum. That's I think how people think of it is ba 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 bum, but it's ba ba bum. There must have been someone who did a version of it where they made that or something, or maybe it is like as you say, just people put the implied note in there or something. But yeah, you're right because I would always think da 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 da. But actually, it, it, you're saying that the Eddie Cochran, which I haven't heard in a while, is just da 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 da. Yeah, I, I'm quite caught. Actually, I didn't actually go back and check. <laughs> but to my mind, I was like, that's right. These guys have it right there. They're hitting the right feel for, for Summertime Blues. And not everybody does. So I like that. I feel like they really captured the feel of it. And what do you think of this guy's vocal? I mean, it's, him so and what he goes... What's his name? Do you, did you write down his name? I didn't He's write down any name notable. of the guys. Yeah, I didn't write it down. Sorry. No, no, that's okay. I'll I feel like his it. name is. I feel like his name is Br- Jeff. Br- no, it's Brian <laughs> Pen- Penner or something. Oh, you're right, Pendergast or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. Not, yeah, Pendergast or something like that. Um, uh, I do I'll, think I'll look will- it up because otherwise we look like assholes. Yeah, yeah, good point. Um, but I will say that when he goes, hey, everybody ready, and then you hear all the other people, yeah, they sound like they're ready to go into battle. Like these are, these are really, oh, you got Florida <laughs> tropics. Uh, it looks like a soccer <laughs> that, team. That, that did not, that was not the right thing to, to put it. Let's yeah. see if this brings up anything. Uh, why am I doing these searches? Just put, yeah, you're doing the right, just do tropics, tropics camp, band. Florida band. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then we'll find Florida it. band. Here yeah, we, we should be getting badminton to do this, but I think he's gone. Buddy Pendergrass. Buddy Pendergrass. Oh wow, what a name, Buddy Pendergrass. Wow, that's amazing. That's a great. That's a good lead singer name. Um, and also, Wayne Guida is in the band, which I wonder if he's related to Frank Guida, possibly. But um, hey, that's cool. Um, yeah, I like his vocals. I think it, they're they're pretty wild. And again, the one thing about this song is that I keep comparing it to the Outsiders version, where. That one's pretty wild too. So I'm thinking any Florida band of the 60s doing summertime blues means that it's done at a little bit higher level of intensity than uh, so they take summer seriously because they pretty much are summer year round. I mean, I have no idea if that's true or not. It just feels like there's probably not any like demonstrable winter as a Canadian. That's why Canadians go down there. Um, but yeah, these guys are are pretty much into it in a pretty intense way. I also noticed that they blend it together with a version of Land of a Thousand Dances. Yeah. I'm not yeah, sure yeah. if I'm not sure if you observe that. Now they, <laughs> they also do right before they go into Land of a Thousand Dances, they they do a huh, they they do a really, really good huh. Can can we hear that huh? Yeah, let's try and find it. Wilson Pickett esque. If we can find it. I'm not gonna do there ain't no cure for the summertime blues. That's what I was talking about. <laughs> and then some some other people are like, ah, but it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's another party in the studio one, like uh, the Outsiders. Outsiders had a lot of fuzz. These guys, the one thing they do is they keep it like the guitar is pretty clean. There's no fuzz on this. And I like yes. that. I like the clean plucking. Yeah, I think it was, it's a little bit more of a, like a Mitch Ryder in the Detroit wheels, but mm. that's a good, uh, Florida sound in this is different. Yeah, and remember we did Florida Time, which was a Detroit, Florida connection yes. last time. So we've got another kind of Detroit, the beach Florida bums. connection. The Beach, beach bums. bums. I can't believe I went to Florida and I didn't listen to Florida Time by the Beach Bums. I'm oh, definitely remiss. You yeah, got to go yeah, back I can't now. believe it. I can't believe it. Yeah, I got to <laughs> go. I got to go. <laughs> you got to go back, redo the trip. Like we forgot to do this. We needed to listen to Florida Time before we went on this trip in our 
wagon. If I can remember the lyrics of that, they're in some sort of station wagon. And there's, we thought that there was dead people in there or something. Right. We'd have to go yeah, back. Yeah. <laughs> there's some way he sings something that makes it, he says something about like, how many people are in the back, but it sounds like it's about dead people in the back. Anyways, uh, but so these guys, I think, I think I get the sense that they know that the outsiders do a version of Summertime Blues, but that doesn't mm. stop them from doing it. Because back in the 60s, you didn't worry about originality. You just went, well, this is the song that you do to rock out and have an audience go wild. You get them involved in it, but we'll just twitch it, switch it a bit, take the fuzz out of the outsiders version. We'll do it our way. And we why not just throw Land of a Thousand Dances in in the middle as well? I, I think, too, like I remember hearing this was not an experience for me in a band, but I remember in the early 90s people saying like, oh, you have to play uh, Smells Like Teen Spirit. It's like bars won't book you unless you unless you play mm. it. I don't know if that was true or not, but let's just say it was. So like this could be a thing. It's like if you're a band, you got to play Summertime Blues around like 67 around this time. And mm. uh it, like the outsiders would do and it, it's a probably if you're playing around um florida there you got to play summertime blues but you got to put your own twist on it you got to do something a little bit unique with it so the outside the st- oh, no sorry i said the staccatos before because they did a version as well but it's the outsiders who we talked yeah. about in summer 66 i think uh so they do their if it's fuzz or whatever it is and these guys are like we're gonna blend in land of a thousand dances which they do very well so when they get to land of a thousand dances one thing that distinguishes the sound in that section is they start hitting uh the the crash symbol mm. and, and that crash symbol becomes a big deal and there's hand claps in this song and they're yeah. quite i like i don't think they're sad sack at all i think these are very oh, good hand good one thing these guys do that I think they take from the outsiders, I think the outsiders are the band that either that or other bands did it. And I just don't know it, but the first time we ever heard it, I suspect um, was with the outsiders version is that summertime, 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 that yeah. call and response summertime, which gets crazy. Um, and I've and never the heard audience any other would, version. would love that for sure. Yeah. Like that, that would go over. That was in the outsiders version. So I think that it's a Florida way I think it's if you're a Florida band and you do summertime blues, you do that chanting part. Summertime, summertime, summertime. And then they go summertime, summertime, summertime. Yeah, like they're they, going they, crazy. They do it. They almost use it like a slow burns, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's kind of psychotic, too. I like that part. Oh, of yeah. Summertime. Like these guys like summer a little too much for my liking. I'm like, hey, guys, what <laughs> yeah. Like we're going to burn cars. Like in a way it does have it's it's got like a. Uh, teenage riot vibe, but it isn't a riot for civil rights. It's just, well, we like tipping over cars and blowing <laughs> things up. That's the vibe you get from the tropics. You're right. Yeah, it's nothing like they like like sitting on the beach <laughs> and, and like chilling out. It's basically like we like that we get to stir up crap and <laughs> yeah these guys are bullies on the beach there's the, when the, when you were a kid if you ever looked at comics and they always had that ad for the guy that would go to the beach with this girl and he was a he was a string bean and he got <laughs> like sand kicked in his face and then he decides to go and and bulk up and go back and beat up the bully yeah. um the tropics are the bully <laughs> we're gonna beat you up on the beach but i do like that now we can go look back retrospectively at the songs we've picked and see like the first song we did it's been so long ago that i've completely forgotten is uh hot dog stand and then we did, of course, LPTs, which was a you know a big discussion of the uh, state of America in '67. Then we did, of course, Extreme. We've had quite a few ways of, of celebrating summer, and the ex- Extreme didn't go to the extremes that the Tropics seemed to, because the Extremes were more like just having a good time with popcorn, candy, and lemonade. And now you've got the Tropics going, like, ah, yeah, we're gonna have fun. So they're. There's some different uh, feeling, uh, different tone. 
to the it's, enjoyment of summer. It's like hot dog stand and the extreme are thinking of summer and anticipating it uh, mm-hmm. and, and getting and sort of like get enthusiasm is building. But the tropics are like late in the night when things <laughs> yeah. are actually getting like a little bit out of hand. Like you're at a you go and you see a band play. It's summertime and, and things actually go nuts. And then the next thing you know, you're waking up the next morning. You're like, oh, God. Yeah. And then you look around and you're like, who did I sleep next to? You? And then you're like, oh, no one. Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess it's just me and I'm not really sure where oh, I am. Still a pretty good night, though. But uh, yeah, the tropics have taken it to its logical extremes, funnily. They should switch names. Although I don't think you could ever have a British band called the tropics. But uh, yeah, I mean, I do like this version. I like the organ. Oh, wait, one thing we haven't had is the delay on the adult voices. Oh, like, that's really important. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah they go. Uh, yeah, sorry. Do you want to like impersonate it? I think I, you, I'm you, trying to remember, but there's a I'd like to help you, son, son, but you too. I just vote, 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 vote. It's got that kind of thing. Let, it's it makes me let's think see of if the, we can just hear it. Should we just see if it's yeah, plop, here? plop it down somewhere? All right, there. Yeah, that's what you know. And they actually cut the echo off right in time to go into the next bit, so they are using yeah. it like consciously. It's pretty cool. Uh, I also noticed that they, there's a little bit of change in the lyrics where they say, like, um, going to take two weeks for my summer, summer vacation, time. which is weird. It's like, wait, you could take longer than that. You get you get longer. Yeah. Well, how many weeks is it in the original? No, he doesn't say anything about the time. He says, going to take two weeks, going to have a fun vacation. I think it's something like that. Oh, OK. And these guys say what? Gonna for take my summer weeks? vacation. Going to take two weeks for my summer vacation. I'm I, I, – I'm saying this stuff I, off the top of my head. I could be wrong with name it. Because I know there's another version of it for my summertime vacation. Because that scans better. But can you go oh, back? Oh, sorry, and check sorry. It? it is summer t- for my summertime vacation. That that is oh, what okay. they say. Yeah. Sorry, my yeah, writing yeah, yeah. was really messy there. Do you, uh, l- let's let's go back to because this happens after Land of a Thousand Dances when they come back. Let's hear it. Okay. Let's do it. Right, that's the line. Going to take yeah. two weeks for my summertime. I don't think he says that. Um, let's look up the lyrics to the Eddie Cochran one. Because yeah, to, I think he's just going to have a fine vacation. That, I'm pretty sure that's what yeah, yeah. I'm because I've said that for years. So I don't think I would have just. Uh, well, I like this version because it's like then it means that in summer take summertime vacation, but you also have a wintertime vacation. Like that could be that you're actually taking a vacation rather than just your break from school, I suppose. But I think that for mm-hmm. a song that's aimed at young people, you're assuming that the summertime is more of a, a two month thing. Well, yeah, because I think this song's also about sloughing off work a little bit, too. If I, I mean, we haven't. Yeah, because he's like, I didn't go to work, told the boss I was sick. He said, you can't uh, you can't use the car because you didn't work a lick. So, See, yeah, it is a, this. Yeah, it's a great thing about like not wanting to work. So summer is about freedom from work for sure. Not like the LPTs where working is important and it's tied to rebuilding your community or yeah. at least, uh, you know, creating some autonomy. Yeah, but, those guys uh, believe in school and working. All these other bands don't don't uh, have no interest in that whatsoever. Yeah. So the, the lyrics on the internet for Eddie Cochran's are, I'm going to take two weeks, going to have a vacation. I think that's uh, wrong. That, that's yeah, no, no, yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, these lyric sites are terrible. Going to, really because are. I'm going to take two weeks, going to have a vacation. It's going to have a fine vacation. Yeah. That fine has to be in there. It's like, oh, without you, you it, know it's why it is? Oh, because it, it sent me to Alan, Alan Jackson. Jackson. God, oh. give me a break, Internet. Stop, like, auto-filling. 
How does Alan uh, Jackson's version? We should actually listen to a bit of Alan Jackson's version. <laughs> so should we should we pause for a second just to put in like a little snippet of Alan Jackson's? All right, hold yeah, on. Yeah, let's do it. I'm gonna take two weeks, gonna have a vacation. I'm gonna take my problem <laughs> to the United Nations. Well, I called the congressman and he said, quote, I'd like to help you, son, but you're too young to vote. Sometimes I wonder what I'm going to do, because there ain't no cure for the summertime blues. Okay. Did someone just fall under a truck in that video? Because it imagines like you get getting run over, but it looks like he... They There's... There's, There's a, a lot of overalls, a lot of mud. Yeah, so he he changes. He doesn't have fine. And the other thing that's funny about his version, and that we only listen to that part of the chorus there, or uh, that verse, third verse, is uh, when you say, I'd like to help you, son. Uh, it's called my congressman. He said, quote, I'd like to help you, son, but you're too young to vote. When you're Alan Jackson and you're in your 30s, that line doesn't isn't as authentic as when it's done by teenagers because you're like, that's the whole point of it. Like. I think I'd like to help you some, but you're too young to vote. But you're not Alan Jackson. You're old enough to vote for sure. That's the biggest thing I take from this version is you've got this guy with a mustache, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, and a lot of chest hair and, and and this cowboy hat. And and he's going like, going to take two weeks. And so it takes away all the original meaning. of the song, <laughs> And yeah. all that's left is like, well, we sit around and we sing the song we play in the mud you know yeah it's just like this is a fun song i can sing True. and it's got this a riff. how about how crucial summer is to and of course we've talked and when we talked about the first version you know when we talked about uh summer 66 we talked about eddie cochran's version that guy knew how to capture teenage life um so this song is really for the teenagers which a lot of summer songs are it's not to say that you can't enjoy summer or have summer songs if you're older but these kinds of songs are written by youth for youth performed by youth and when alan jackson does it it's almost like gonna take two weeks for my regularly scheduled vacation with my yeah. family in tow <laughs> we're gonna ride the nation it's like oh you're gonna go on a vacation because you already knew you were gonna go for one but this kid is taking vacation even though he shouldn't be he's gonna do it anyways even you take a song like summertime by uh the will smith and uh fret will smith and the fresh yeah 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 Summer, Will Smith summer, and DJ summertime, so just sit back and unwind. Yeah, and that's another song that's like uh, evoking the images of young people hanging out together in the summertime. There really cannot – it'd be hard to make an adult summertime song that had the same thing. It'd be like – yeah, like what do you, you – you're like – you're basically you're working and then your, your kids are home more and then sometimes <laughs> – yeah. You take a little bit of time off to take them. Well, somewhere. I'm a teacher. And one great thing about, and then people always seem to sort of mythologize it a little bit more, but I'm about to, as of tomorrow, right, Monday, August 15th, I'm going to submit all my grades for the college I teach at. Besides, of course, I don't just teach at St. Twithin School for Confused Rich Kids. And uh, I then have three weeks off. Now, it's I do point out to people, I do have courses that I'd be teaching in September and I have to be prepared for them and I have to have some, you know, uh, lesson prep. But since I've been teaching for a long enough time, I'm like, well, I have a lot of like stuff I can recycle. Uh, that's all good material. Some of it I we, we do. I don't do it all the same every time. I don't do the same stuff every single term, but I'm ready to party. Like I got three weeks and I'm going to have a fine vacation. I'm going to Calgary. Is so there any, that's what people do. 
etymological connection between Monday and mundane? Mm, interesting. I don't think so, but... I don't think so either. I wonder if Monday, if I recall, has something to do with the moon. But I know that stuff like Thursday is to do with Thor. Wednesday is Odin. So weirdly, our, our days of the week come from Norse gods, which makes no sense. Isn't it weird when you think about that? But uh, uh, yeah, Monday, which of course is Garfield's least favorite day. It'd be good uh, if we tried to change it so they weren't named after, had nothing to do with Norse gods. And then the, like, the earth started shaking and stuff. And it's like, <laughs> there's light thunder and lightning. The skies open up. Yeah, I'd be great because I'd be like, good, that means summer is over. <laughs> it's going to be a long cool summer so, for me well that's the problem with long cool summers like oh it feels like you know uh it's about working to better your community i'm like well obviously i'm all about that but i'm also like do i do that no of course not <laughs> that in my summertime i escape like everyone else so that song is not about escape and in a way summertime blues is about a certain kind of escape but it's about a necessary escape it in a way has some connection to like you know it's a it's it, it's got a certain sense of like there's more than meets the eye in a, in the summertime blues, uh, but uh, that's why you get then songs like "Come on, Summer's Happening" and Extremes version of or their song "On the Beach." Not so not so crucial. It's just about simple pleasures. Where it seems like those other two songs that we're talking song number two and this song are about like how summer can be more than just summer. How it can like be about a time where you enjoy yourself, but it could also be a time where things get you know. Uh, very dicey and you are fighting for civil rights and things like that. And so summer is just kind of uh, consequential, I guess, in LPTs, but still for Eddie Cochran, I think summertime blues is like a real thing. Now, and speaking of the tropics version, to me, there's (laughs) no reason to bring these two songs together, summertime blues and land of a thousand dances, except that they're both awesome. Mm -hmm. And and they both get the (laughs) whipping audience into a frenzy, right? Like there's no, there's not, they're not saying anything profound by bringing these two songs together, are they? No, I think you, yeah, I, I didn't find any particular connection, which is funny because we usually do. And wait, yeah. we found out why it makes so much sense. We're like, <laughs> no, we didn't do that. Like, guys, we've done enough already in this episode. So just be satisfied. Now, if you have ideas why Land of a Thousand Dances makes more sense. By the way, we are going to do a Land of a Thousand Dances episode. I'm going to even talk yeah, to Eric that, about that's it. That's why we're not going to go into like a lot of depth about Land of a Thousand oh. Dances as a song. And a, we're going to have to do that soon enough when we get to that uh, episode. But uh, are you ready to move off and do our Bo, Bo Diddley Award? So we're, are we going to do a typical Bo Diddley Award where we just choose the the the, our, the one flipping our wig? Or, or how did are we, we, how did we do it? Did we do it last time? Well, I have no ideas other than to pick. Let's just do a regular. Let's <laughs> do a regular Bo Diddley Award. Yeah. Okay. So let's uh, play something. Maybe a little bit of Alan Jackson. Yeah. So we put Alan Jackson back yeah. on. Yeah. All right. Let's okay. let it play. All right. So uh, at the count of uh, from three, we're going to reveal what we picked and we'll all announce it. So three, two, one. 
both picked LPTs, but because we spend a little time, my LPTs is sort of yours looks a lot cooler. Yeah. I spent a little bit of time. So, I mean, we kind of signaled we were going to do that, but I knew it today when I was doing some more research on it. I was like, oh, it's going to be LPTs. It's been in my mind all week, that song. Now, I love the Summertime Blues uh, that we just listened to, but no, it's it's so obviously this one. So I don't think I have to wait, say Wait, wait, were you talking about Alan Jackson or The Tropics? No, no, sorry. <laughs> the, the Tropics, The Tropics, The Tropics. Like, that would have is... been a real curveball if you'd chosen Alan Jackson for your vote. Oh, deadly award. That actually, that actually would have been good. No, no, I... I picked LPTs for sure. So so LPTs was blowing my mind all week for obvious reasons. Eric, I'm just going to throw to you and say, why did you pick it? And I think you will know why. Yeah, I probably would have picked it anyways, but especially after our discussion of it, where I was just like, this song is so interesting and so cool. And it's very unique. It's just a, uh, I mean, it's, it's the, the kind of song, the kind of protest songs from the 60s that get picked aren't like this song so I, mm-hmm. I think that's part of what really makes it interesting to me is the songs that get dug up and recycled over and over again on shows and stuff aren't like this song they're they're simpler they're they're less nuanced and and they're 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 often great in their own ways and they've got great hooks but this is just a really neat different take on that uh yeah that, that. if you if you go to the wikipedia page for the long hot summer which is about the 1967 riots around america they have a little thing a little section saying in popular culture and they talk about songs that i can't think of right now that are based on that and it doesn't include long cool summer by the lpts and since i don't have i think you have to have an account or something to be able to edit a wikipedia page i any astronaut out there needs to add that can do this has access mm-hmm. should add lpts long cool summer because it's so clearly obviously a statement in response to this event those events that it has to be listed they should also put a citation that leads to our podcast episode. <laughs> yes uh, you gotta take two weeks you gotta make a fine citation <laughs> that's pretty good well we can't yeah. we can't top that so we might as well uh, wrap it up after that yeah so do you want to say goodbye to the folks i do farewell pastronauts we gotta go to the beach. <laughs> na na.